welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Children Jay. Jonas Orvis is my co-host. A sense of yearning for the minds, Z. <laughs> How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing all right. That's good. As as we all know, children yearn for the minds. <laughs> they yearn for the minds. They yearn. They 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 want labor. And they're making they're making things. Uh, they're striving to make things right, Jack. Oh, they really are. Did you see where they- was it? Somewhere was it like Wisconsin? It was some weird ass state that was like, yeah, fucking children can work. Why not? <laughs> yeah, see, this, make- this was like very recent. I think I saw some stuff. I think it was Iowa. It was like two states, right? Oh yeah, I think Iowa was. Yep. yep. Good. Good call. Good call. So it Iowa, was Iowa. They're like fourteen-year-olds. Fucking get in there. Sixteen-year-olds, you can serve alcohol. Why not? <laughs> you know. Instead of paying like adults money, we're just gonna undercut them by selling to, by making children do it, and nobody will ask any questions. Right? Right. Great. Um. <laughs> in other uh, in, in other re- ways, collapse of an empire uh, <laughs> news. I <laughs> saw the covenant. That's right. We saw Guy Ritchie's The Covenant this week. As part of our unending movie marathon. It's never going to stop. I mean, it might stop after the second week of May. Um, Says who? I didn't say that. I guess you you didn't say that. But at some point... I didn't hear no bell. uh, You didn't hear no bell. (laughs) I will be going on vacation at some point in May, so I will have to bow out eventually. But you, on the show, our record (laughs) may stay stay solid. All right, we'll see. See what I can pull off. As long as the important member of the team here doesn't, then all right, all like, right. In a way, it'll be like ninety percent of the show. Of kept course. going, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, anyways, just like Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, um, a movie, of course, by Guy Ritchie. <laughs> of course, by the. <laughs> As one might Guy Ritchie might assume. Um, there's one no tomfoolery there. That's just a. Uh, it's just some honest to god marketing. So this movie has got Jake Gyllenhaal. It's got Anthony Starr. It's got this other guy. Hold on, bring him up. And it's about uh, like the war in Afghanistan, basically. Oh yeah, and the translators who helped us. So Jake Gyllenhaal is a some kind of I don't even know what they're supposed to be. Um, some kind of army unit of some kind. They're they're some kind of special operations. Yeah, it seems. Uh, and. Uh, Dar Salim is their interpreter. New their interpreter, new interpreter, Ahmed. They get like a new one. Yeah, so the, the opening scene, it's, it's very reminiscent to me of the Hurt Locker, where um, these guys' whole mission is looking for bombs, basically. And the opening scene is their interpreter, and one of their guys is killed in a bombing. And so we get a new one. His name's Ahmed, and it's about the sort of unlikely friendship that forms. Right? Would you oh, say? Yeah. And then how that. Uh, how that goes, basically. How that unfolds. Uh, so what so did you think? I thought it was better than Renfield, um, for sure. I would think I'd agree with that one. Right. Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, I didn't. I enjoyed it. Had a good time. It's good. Yeah. I, I, Jake Gyllenhaal, once again, plays like a kind of an unhinged guy. Who, like, he can get a bit mirror. unhinged, can he? <laughs> he breaks a mirror because he has to do that in every fucking movie he's in. <laughs> I guess. What, what do you... Is that a trend? Does he well, do it often? He, he does it in Nightcrawler or Prisoners, okay. one of those movies. Okay. Does he do it in Ambulance? I don't remember him breaking any mirrors. Oh, I hope he does. But he's crazy in that movie. Yeah, he's a bit 
He's a bit he, crazy. He probably breaks one in Donnie Darko if I had to put money. I've not seen Donnie Darko, so but I'm gonna assume. It feels like the type of movie where a man breaks a mirror. He's got a hammer in like the poster, so <laughs> well, I mean what else are you gonna use a hammer for? You gotta break something. That's right. I feel this movie was pretty much exactly what um I was expecting from it. Which is like a thing I say a lot. I don't know if it means anything, but <laughs> Hey, it means something to me. I was like, I yeah. This is clearly like a bit of a bit of a war movie, and that's what it was. Um, I would say one of the big things I I would say in general, the the writing and in, in terms of like the plot itself at times was a bit like I feel like there's some hand wavy stuff going on. There's some things that were convenient at times or inconvenient depending on the needs of the plot. Right. Um, I wouldn't feel. I don't feel like this is a completely. Um, I don't know, accurate depiction of modern war or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the central sort of like, I don't know if you'd call it a twist or whatever, but the big thing that this movie is hinged upon is given away entirely in the trailer. And I think this movie would have been more interesting if it wasn't. Um, right. Basically spoilers, although again, it's in the trailer, so it's hard to really spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically everyone on the team, except for Jake Gyllenhaal and the translator guy are killed. And then, um, Jake, what's his character's name? Uh, Jake Kinley. John? Don? John Kinley. John Kinley. John is, uh, wounded and he has to carry him all the way back to the base, basically, over like, uh, dozens of miles of like mountain terrain. Uh, but that's all in the trailer. And so it was less impactful when it happened. Like, I imagined a scenario where you didn't know that and everyone was killed would have been much more surprising and interesting. Um, Cause they do this thing in the beginning where it like introduces them all with like on screen um, little names. texts. Yeah. For their names and their nicknames and stuff, which is cool. Um, but even then I was like, well, I know these guys all die. Cause I've seen the trailer. <laughs> like if you didn't know that they were all going to die, if this, if this, the trailer just kind of showed like, Oh yeah, these guys. And then, you know, there's this unlikely friendship that comes up and they, and all that. I feel like there was enough in this movie to, to, fill out a trailer without showing the explicit scene there where everyone else is dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, in general, I thought it was pretty good. Like I said, I don't know if it's a completely accurate in a lot of areas in the way that things are handled. I thought it was strange that like no one looked for them. Like it seemed crazy to me that he would ever have to do something like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. For so long like, maybe for the beginning. Yeah. Because there's a scene where, they're like, we've recovered all the bodies except two. And that didn't, no one was bothered by that. They didn't like go out of their way to look. I mean, they had radios. They had, I, I feel like, uh, I, at least I'd like to think that the United States military is a little bit more put together than this movie suggests at times, where it's mm. just kind of rough and tumble and just like, yeah, just drive an hour away in your Humvees. That'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, drive, yeah, drive so, so it's three hours in a Humvee yeah. and half an hour away from any backup. Like, why was the air support not there to begin with? Is that not? not yeah. I thought that's kind of our big thing. <laughs> like, that was the big thing. I mean, I'm certainly not. I, I'm less of an expert on the real life military than I am even of like Star Wars. <laughs> but <laughs> as far as I understand, especially in those conflicts, one of our big uh, advantages was the you know asymmetry we had in terms of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that we had a, an air force and stuff was we really exploited that because. There was nothing to counter them. They didn't have helicopters or planes or anything. So I so I understood it. That was kind of a, the thing that they exploited at every turn. 
So I don't know. Yeah. This idea that like, oh, the helicopters are too far away, and then they just never find them was weird. Um, they're gone for like three weeks and nothing. Yeah, seemingly at least several days, right? Yeah, and they never. Yeah, I mean, they have as shown in different parts of the movie. Like, it seems like there was parts even where just thermal cameras would have found them pretty good. Like, if you had a, a helicopter up there at that first night, they'd be like, oh, there they are on that hill, like sleeping. <laughs> Let's go get yeah, them. Sleep. It's two guys cuddling together. Again, I don't... They said something... Is it because they're too far? I don't remember. Maybe I'm, mis, I'm forgetting a scene where it's explained why his, his radio doesn't work or why he's not capable of just telling them where he is. But yeah, I thought that was all kind of strange. Yeah. I, he's, I remember he tried his radio and then nothing worked. So it was, maybe it was too far, but I don't know. It feels almost like this is a plot that would work better if for like a World War II movie or something when things were a little yeah. bit less advanced. Because mm-hmm. even kind of like fudge the numbers here and there to kind of get what you need to get done done. Even at the very end, or not the very end, but the end of um, their little their little odyssey where he's within sight of the base and like a, a truck of Taliban guys pulls up and hassles him. It's like, is there Taliban like openly riding around within like th- that close of U.S. bases? Like surely they the US, they show up pretty quickly after the tal he kills all the Taliban right because the idea was like, they talk about they talk about like all oh, the Taliban's territory and stuff um, which I get you know I know that even like basically the entirety of the U S occupation the Taliban still held significant parts of the country right so I get that yeah. side of it but surely they didn't hold area that close to them like the U S at least cleared out the area that we had bases in right so yeah. I don't know again some of the finer details feel a little bit hand-woven away and again this isn't like a true story by any means so that's part of it right mm-hmm. there's not like real details to draw on. it's all kind of from made up from the mind of uh whoever <laughs> i don't even know mm-hmm. let's see who wrote this guy Ritchie has a credit but it seems like it was also ivan atkinson and marn davies oh there you go they must be longtime collaborators ivan atkinson because he has credits for wrath of man operation fortune and the gentleman as well and Al- oh, yeah. aladdin so they literally seem to work on everything together. Mostly everything. Or at least since then. Whatever. Um <clears throat> so yeah, I don't know. Uh how did you how did you find the action? Because that's obviously a big part of it. I found it I liked it. I thought it was pretty like intense and kind of real. Like it felt didn't feel too like over the top, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I think it felt like reasonable. No, I agree with that. I found it kind of upsetting at times for that reason. Oh, for sure. Like it, yeah. like I said, you know, even though we knew they were all kind of gonna die. Um, when all his teammates died, I still found it kind of harrowing. So just getting picked yeah. off one by one it was upsetting. Yeah, you never like that. When they're all trying to fight through and they're all dropping, replacing the one. Yeah. Um, I will, before we go into the plot, I have a, I have a little theater theatrics. Okay, go ahead. Um, there was a lady, just this older woman who like sat behind me, but like not directly behind, but like near behind me generally. And she just kept like talking like out loud about the things that were happening. This is our favorite. Like, this is our favorite brand of theater theatrics. Oh yeah, we've gotten these like, before. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, like the scene where uh, Ahmed calls him sergeant for the first time. She goes, "That's the first time he's done that. He's never called him sergeant before." And I want to be like, "That's the whole fucking point of the scene." Yes, I know. That's what the movie is trying to tell me. Stop telling me exactly what this is. Also, is that even God true? Damn it. Are you sure that's true? The, Does he not call him sergeant the first time they meet? No, he calls him like sir. Yeah, but then he corrects him and doesn't he? No, he calls him sir at the end because he says his name wrong. Because he's like, I think I think he calls him Ahmed to start. Okay. He's like it's Ahmed, and he's like, oh no, it's sergeant. And then 
after he says it, Jake Gyllenhaal says, he got that Ahmed? And he goes, yes, sir. And he kind of gives him a smirk and walks away. Okay. But like stuff like that, like, well, and the time when he gets hit with the, like, the butt end of that, of the, when Taliban guy hits him with his gun to like give him brain damage, the woman was like, oh, he's got brain damage. It's like, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. So does he? Is that ever elaborated? I mean, I guess in the way that you always, anytime you get hit in the head, you kind of get brain damage. I mean, he probably has like a concussion to some extent but yeah yeah i don't think he's like cte yeah well he's well because he's thinking like oj's family right. oj <laughs> is that why the oj did it you think oh definitely <laughs> I didn't, i've never heard this angle on it i guess it makes I th- sense i thought that's no it makes a lot I of sense that, yeah i mean there's been a couple of football players wrestlers who've it's done true. the same thing who've like killed people that's right so they love killing their families um i liked i did like anthony star i thought he was all right didn't know he was he in was good. this. Thought that was kind of cool. I was just like, "Oh, it's Anthony Starr. He's kind of a piece of shit, like he usually is." <laughs> yeah, so that's good. And by usually, I mean I think the only other thing I've seen him in is the boys. So I think that's. Is it, what else has he done? I'm sure he's done things, but but nothing of nothing I care about. <laughs> he did beat up that guy in Spain. That's something he's done. <laughs> I didn't know that he he was starring. He had like a major role in that. He really stole the show, really. <laughs> He really saw the show. It was like no one could touch him. You just was like beating the shit out of that poor guy in Spain. Good thing he made bail for the boy season four. <laughs> I was um I was bothered by how many how much facial hair we saw, I gotta say. I don't know what that was about. Uh because Oh, like in the army guys? Yeah. Why are they what's that about? Those guys aren't regs. That doesn't make any sense. Like I said, it's never elaborate on what type of role they're serving in because I know that like special operations guys were given more leeway in that in that area um, overseas, but generally speaking, you you, you got to shave your face. That's like a big thing <laughs> that they do. Yeah. So even like even like the major has got this big mustache. It's too far. There's like regs for how um, wide your mustache can be, and his is a little out of out of spec. Uh, out of the, out of the, box. the blonde guy who's who's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's buddy there. Um, you know the one who's in the Hunger Games. Yes. He uh. He had this big facial hair situation going on. I don't know what it was all about. So I didn't care for that. It was a very lax base. Very lax. They were like the cool base. That's what I'm saying. They weren't holding it down like they should have been. Um, I like the, obviously, again, the whole thing is that he goes back for him. So that was nice. Oh, yeah. I, it, goes, it goes a little crazy in the meantime. Yeah, which is potentially fair. And that's what yeah. he describes. He's got some genuine, I say, acting moments in this one where he's like describing this like to his wife and to his... Uh, to the colonel at the one point or major, what was he? I think he was. A I think he's a colonel. No, I think he was a major. Was he a colonel? Uh, I don't know. That's true. I don't remember. Um, but where he's like describing this, like the debt that he feels to him, and the way that he, yeah, just kind of the injustice of it all. Like he can't, he can't rest. And I thought that was thought those were well done. Thought he was convincing in that way. Oh yeah, for sure. But his wife was cool when she's like, "Yeah, we'll do it." He, what does he do? He takes out a, they take out a second mortgage or whatever. So that they can f- pay these uh, contractors to help them out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like not maybe when that scene where he's just like, "Yeah, sorry, man, we got this UN thing. Can you wait three days?" And he was like, "You're you're fucker. I hate you." It's like, well, what do you want from me, man? Like, we, we gotta we have bigger fish to fry here. So you're saying you sympathize with Anthony Starr in that? I guess a little bit, because I mean, he was a little bit of a, a dick about it. Mm-hmm. I guess being like, "Well, I you're I, you're paying me your money, and like you're fucked." But it's like I don't know, man kind of running a business yeah but he he did yeah. pay him for that thing so that's true i mean at least he gave him the stuff at least he was like well i'll give you stuff like i won't and jake Schildhall was right 
because it turned out that if they'd waited the three days, they wouldn't have found him. That's true. It was written into the movie, Jack. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you'll recall, if, if you'd watched it, maybe. Uh, I think uh, Lily was too distracting. <laughs> I was becoming enraged. They said they were going to move him in two days. So if they waited three days, it wouldn't have worked. It is where they couldn't spare him, like a guy or two, though, even. Like, just nobody. Also, they seemed like yeah. a kind of ragtag outfit. Like, they weren't like Blackwater over there, you know? Like, they. Yeah. It seemed like that was a kind of small. It was like that was all of them. Like, that was the whole crew, it felt like. Also, every time it cut to them, they're all just sitting in that hangar. Like, they're not out working. (laughs) So what the hell, Anthony Starr? Come on. He's like, I just don't like him. And then at the end, when he was like, if you'd told me who you were, I would have just done it for free. Well, you can still just give him his money back. (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, but I'd be like, well, well, I am who I am, so can I just have my money back? (laughs) At least some of it? Maybe like half? A a non-refundable deposit. I would love to, but it's in the cost. I can't refund you. It, it messed the whole bank. It messed the whole system. I don't want to do it. It's a hassle. We're not going to do it. Not going to do it. Sorry. <laughs> can't help you it. out. <laughs> well, I like the almost deus ex machina save at the end. Yeah, you knew that was All coming. Hope seems lost, and then it's just the big gunship. When they said it, I, when he's like, oh, we're going to get that big gunship. I was like, okay, well, that'll save them at the end then. <laughs> they get the angel of death. It's like, okay, yeah. When's Where is this fella? That was good. Big that was, that was a very Call of Duty-esque moment. Yes, it was. Just, they're just looking at all the dots on the hill that are, you know, human beings through the thermal thing human and just lighting them up. And blowing them up. Like, I've done this before on video games. And you felt nothing. That's right, Jay. What does that say? Hmm? What does that tell you, I guess? It says we're winners. <laughs> we're winners. Um, what do you think of Emily Beecham as his wife? She did pretty good. She was fine, yeah. In that couple of scenes she had. Tough. Sean there at like turmoil when she was like, you know, it's been a hard time, you know, I've been the whole thing where she's like, you know, I know, know what I was getting into being a military wife and all this and you go away and you do all this. But this time was different because you literally were gone and we were absolutely convinced you're dead. But then, of course, it does the, cl- you know, the movie misdirect where she's like, and that's why you got to go do this one. Yeah, <laughs> this one last job. You will come back alive. Yeah, like, hell it's yeah. Like, God damn. Get out there, Jake. Jill, no, I get mean, after it. I think it was funny. This, I don't know why I thought it was, but like the first couple of scenes when he's laying in bed with his wife, he's shirtless and kind of like flexing forward. So it was like, pecs, like, I'm like, why is he, why is he laying? Like that? Why is he like, oh, my pecs? It's like, Dave Jones, what are you doing? It's a movie. You, he's got to look, look his best. He's probably, he yeah. was probably flexing that whole time. That whole monologue he yeah. gave, he was just <laughs> so, ah, clenched. Which you didn't see. You know, what we didn't see is that right before that, he was actually like doing push ups. <laughs> Yeah, doing push, doing some crunches. You get a pump really on. getting everything. All the pump pump going through. He seemed to recover from those gunshot wounds pretty rapidly. He did. He got. He was all he right. Was back to a hundred by the end there, even though it had only been a handful of weeks. Oh yeah, he could like throw hammers and stuff at windows, and drink, get like the best of them. Yeah, exactly. I even just yelling at that guy. I'm like, what is your name? I will find you. <laughs> yeah, that that was a bit out of line. I can't really. I was like. I was like, why are you getting drunk and yelling at these? That's not how you get a visa from the army. You can't really blame uh, them for being uh, upset by that, can you? Yeah, no, not at all. Like when is they're like when they did call him in, they were like, "Hey, man, you 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 were threatening people on the phone." <laughs> <laughs> you, we got the receipts, man. We got the recording. You got to stop doing. It. He goes, "I can't stop doing it. You got to do. It. You you have to help me. Actually, actually, it's on you." He's like, "Fuck, man. If it gets you to stop." Don't make this come down on me. It's like the classic military. Well, I'll let you do what you want to do yeah. as long as no one above me hears about it. Man, I'd like to think that stuff like this, like 
if this was real, wouldn't happen. Although I guess that's kind of the point of this movie. Uh, but it was it was weird to me that they were just like, hey, thanks for saving this guy. All right, get on out of here. Like they just let him go without being like, you know what? We're gonna really take good care of you because you did this thing for us. Yeah, you did this like you went above and beyond in the line of duty. This is incredible. Like you're a hero. Instead, they were just like, oh, sorry, we almost shot you. Uh, see, I guess. <laughs> No hard feelings, right? Like they didn't. Right. They didn't want to follow up on that at all. Nobody wanted to be like forty-five bucks for being a translator now. Yeah, Peter. right. Like I don't know. It seems like the situation could have been handled better. I again, I would like to think that in a scenario as exceptional as this, they would make sure the people were taken care of. But I guess that is kind of the whole again the the point of this movie. Um, as the end card like mentions, is that. So this movie, I I thought that the pullout of Afghanistan was going to be a, a factor in this movie, right? But it turns out to not be. It it all takes place during 2018, but that is kind of what it's about in in spirit, right? Is that during the mm-hmm. pullout we left? What does it say? Was it 3,000 or it said 300? Maybe 300. Yeah. Since, since the pullout, 300 um, translators and their interpreters who were left behind, life. yeah, were killed by the Taliban, and then there's thousands more who were sort of it's unknown what might happen to them. And that's kind of what the whole thing. And that, like I said, I thought that's kind of. I thought the movie would would feature that more heavily, but it, you know, it was more just, yeah, like in uh, in spirit, I guess. I don't know what you'd call it. That's that's clearly the vibe of the movie, but that's not. It didn't directly deal with that in the plot. And that's. I mean, it is a damn shame. You gotta say. Yeah, it really is. It's a tough you know, one. It's tough. Is war cool? Probably not. No, I, I, <laughs> that's well. That's what this movie's saying, isn't it? War isn't cool. War. Unless you got one of those big gunships, and then it is kind of cool again. Oh, then it's sick as fuck. <laughs> then you're blowing up Toyota Hiluxes like nobody's business. Oh, you're blowing up all those fucking Toyotas. So many Toyotas in this movie. I loved it. So many. It's like, there's a good old, what's that, a Tacoma? Beautiful. Great, great example. What a st- what a hearty truck. <laughs> all I was missing is uh, was one that said, like, whatever, Steve's plowing on the side or whatever. You hear about this? <laughs> yeah. You aware of this? Uh, I don't, uh, no, I don't think I it was am. literally like a, something like that, like a plumber or a contractor or something who had a truck traded it in, um, just to get a new truck for his business. And then it, it literally ended up in Afghanistan in the possession of the Taliban. And he like saw it on the news, like on a news report one oh, day. I think I have, yeah. Where like the I Taliban had his truck and it still said like Steve's plumbing call, whatever on the side. <laughs> and they had like, you know, they got a machine gun in the back or whatever the hell. <laughs> He's like, what the hell guys? <laughs> Don't sell my truck to the tail. You couldn't at least take the decals off? Come on. (laughs) Just strip it for... You didn't want to repaint it? So, yeah. How do you feel about American imperialism then, Jay? I think it's super cool. All right, cool. I think that's kind of what the movie's going for as well. I think we should annex more parts (laughs) of the world. I think we should make everything like Hawaii or Guam or the Virgin Islands or Puerto Rico. Like, let's annex Cuba. We had it for a minute there, you know? We we had it for a minute. We should have just... We let it go. Slip through our fingers. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well get Canada and Mexico at a couple states to the roster. Jesus. A couple states. Canada and Mexico will be a state each. Well, no, no. We could divide them up in fourths. <laughs> okay. Um. So, like, two. So, half of Canada has nobody in it, and then the other half is everyone else. It's not even um, half. It's like most of the population is is running the border. Concentrated in, like, yeah, within like 100 miles of that border. Good stuff. Um, what do, what do we, we got anything else, I guess? Um, Guy Ritchie not really. Covenant. Okay. Oh, was it, was it, was it the best Guy Ritchie movie we saw this year? Well, that's what I was just going to pivot towards. So I would say probably not. I think I liked Operation Fortune more. Um, yeah, it's a little bummer about American imperialism. 
It was less of a bummer, I guess. I mean, it still was talking about American imperialism. Don't you even forget for a second. (laughs) It was the CIA doing sketchy stuff, right? Oh, wait, the CIA doesn't... The CIA stuff in there, but I guess it's mostly MI, whatever. Because they're British, right? So it's British imperialism. An even older tradition. God save the Queen, Jack. (laughs) God save the Queen. They didn't. Oh. God save the King. Back on top, fellas. (laughs) Jesus. It's a real win for men. Is that what you're saying? Hey, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> um, we're saying, oh, so yeah, I was going to ask if you if you think that uh, this trend's going to continue, and if so, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to somehow make a joke about how this guy that you have a movie coming out every month this year. He obviously doesn't. This is a special case, but uh, that'd be pretty good, though. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. He's, he's I no, I think it'll, I think it'll be exponential. So like, oh, he'll start. He'll, <laughs> Yeah, so like it was like a month, and then it's gonna be like two weeks, and then a week, and every then, day, uh, every day, there's a guy Richie movie. three and a half days, and like gonna hours and minutes, and then it's just like constant guy. It's Ritchie. always guy Richie. <laughs> there's never been anything else but guy Richie films. It could be, man. I wouldn't mind it. I love a guy Richie movie. I love the range, really? man. I've said that. But I think I probably said this when we talked about Operation Fortune, but he's just made so many movies of all kinds of different stuff going on. It's cool. He made Aladdin. He made Aladdin, but then also like Snatch, and then like a King Arthur movie, and like those the fucking uh, Sherlock Holmes ones. What's that about? You know, he's just having a good time out there. He's a man of many talents. That's what I'm saying. Good for him. God bless him. God save the queen. I guess he puts his name on it now. I don't know what that's about. (laughs) You do enough movies, and they let you put your name on it. I I really want to know if he's like a big enough draw for that to make sense. I guess he's got to be, because why? Why would they do it otherwise? But it's, it looks like I think he's a big enough. Draw. Somebody must have thought so, right? Yeah, right. Funny if he didn't even approve it. He was like, "What? Why is my name on the poster?" But the last one we saw definitely didn't get that kind of billing. It wasn't Guy Ritchie's Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre, but that that'd be a that's too because that's too big much. mouthful. That's... But I don't think it was Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man, was it? I don't think so. I never saw Wrath of Man. So the poster says Jason Statham Wrath of Man, a film by Guy Ritchie. So he's on there, but he's not like he's on there. It's not literally Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. It's almost part of the title, really. So good for him. Good for him. You know, he needs a win. <laughs> Ever since Madonna left him, he's, you know. Getting Madonna? They were married. They were married? Yeah. Huh. That's how it's so funny because, like, I remember, I think it was when I went to see Operation Fortune, I was, like, talking about it with my family at dinner, and that was the only way they knew of him. I named, like, 15 movies, and they were like, yeah, no, I don't not ringing a bell. And then I was like, He's married to Madonna. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My mom, my grandma and stuff only knew him as being married to Guy Ritchie or to Madonna as if that's anything like that's not that's not anything to be known for. Right. There's nothing to that. Whatever. Celebrities and the like. You get it. You know, we worship them too much and such and such and other and other. I try not to. But yeah, he's got two sons with Madonna. They have children and everything. It's a whole thing. It's a whole to do. Isn't that nice? Good for Guy Ritchie, I guess. God bless him, I say. All right. I can tag. So I can tag. I can tag. Uh, what should we do now? Um, Mando? We can do Mando. <laughs> sure. Whatever you think of first, Jack. I thought of Mando first. <laughs> Took you a minute. I was like, see, Mando breaking down over there? Nope, I'm, I'm <laughs> short circuiting. So, like someone poured water on me. Here it is. Uh, the finale of uh, season uh, three. It's called The Return. Apple. It's. um. And what a title. What a fitting title. I guess. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Did you find it to well, be? <laughs> I found it fitting is that 
I don't know. Return to return to the episodes we thought they were going to be. <laughs> we went from episode seven, and then we returned right back to where we started. Going, oh, okay. This was yeah. We were all not a good season. We were us and most of the internet was very high on episode seven. We were like, "This is sick. Best one of the season by far. Maybe one of the better ones of this whole show." They're really getting back to it, and I was I was almost of the opinion that I was like, if they really stick to landing with this finale, it's almost you know all's forgiven, right? Yeah, all's all, all's well that ends well. Exactly. Last two episodes are are this stellar. I guess you can forgive some of the stumbles along the way, but it well it wasn't. I don't think this was up to the last one really. No, it was. After my friend remarked to me, this didn't feel like a finale, and oh, oh how true that run. It didn't feel like almost anything, anything really. That's that's kind of a big big complaint I have with it is that I feel like I didn't feel much. Uh, yeah, I felt like when I was watching, especially oh, well, full spoilers. We're about to doesn't. I'm not gonna pussy fit around mm-hmm. this. I'm gonna say something that happens in the middle of the episode when all the Mandalorians are just flying in and fighting the Pyrrhus. I was like, why is this happening? This is the finale. Like, why is it? What's it happening? Was like, why? Are- it's maybe the worst writing of the whole season. Oh my god! Where we've been very critical of the writing above all, right? Mm-hmm. Of this scene-to-scene kind of stuff that happens where things just seem to happen at times. There's not a lot of connectivity. There's not a lot of natural flow to some of the scenes and, and you know, even larger scale, like overarching characters stuff and, you know, the way characters characterization happens. And it's like, well, is this what he should be doing at this point in the story? And, and, and so on and so forth. It's that to, like, the max, I felt, where nothing in this episode felt very earned or impactful. Or or properly set up. Right. And there's like, again, there's like no emotion. No one thinks about it. Like, so like last last episode, right? Ended with a couple like notable things in terms of like, whoa, like these, these should have some impact on our characters. Um, the big one being obviously, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paz Vizsla dying. That's not, that's never, that's not touched on even a second in this episode right oh yeah you would have thought he didn't die. no one mourns him no one mentions him nothing um and then the other big one being that manda was captured and din was captured and we thought something was going to happen there right we had all these different theories floating around which something in general right we had lots of theorizing that happened last week us and, and the whole internet and everything right mm-hmm. and there's been just some discussion this week that like oh just because your theory didn't come true doesn't mean it's bad which is very true right, of, course. of course yeah i wouldn't mm-hmm. i would definitely agree with that in general, but I also think there's still it can also not be good. can also not be good. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. There needs to be like just because you're critical of it doesn't mean it's because of that. You can't just mm-hmm. discount anyone's critiques just because like oh well, just because what you didn't want to happen, what you wanted to happen didn't happen, doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, I agree, but it also doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> yeah, and because it really wasn't good. Well, because we were all like, okay, what's gonna happen with Din here, right? Hold on. Yeah. Okay, thanks. It's very passive aggressive. Jesus. <laughs> what were you saying with Din, right? Yeah. I thought there was all kind of opportunities, and not just from like a ooh story, to like whatever perspective. I thought there was some genuine like character based stuff they could do, right? Like a lot of the our theorizing was kind of like fan service almost, right? Of like ooh, which cameos could show up to save the day? But that was one where I was like, this is a genuine opportunity for growth for this character, right? Because we could do something with the helmet and the, all this. It's nothing. Nothing happens, right? He's immediately just rescued. He breaks out right yeah. away. He immediately comes to and is like, oh, okay, time to fight him away. And then he does. And then Grogu appears in his mech. And then it's How over. did he do that? Like, how, did, how, how did Grogu get there? How did they allow that to happen? To... I don't understand. Right? 
I, didn't they fly off on jetpacks a different direction? I, yeah, like they they were behind the door. That was the whole thing. Like, what? How on earth did he get there? It doesn't make any sense. But he's just there, and then he's just free. So nothing. That's not. There's nothing done with that, right? Mm-hmm. Comparing to like the season finales of one and two, where like he has big moments in regards to the removing of his helmet, and that's why so many people were theorizing something like that was going to happen here. There's just nothing. Not not a thing happened there, right? Um, no. Also, we went the whole season. I don't think we saw his face once, which is interesting. Yeah, not at all. Even though the whole point of last season is yeah, very just strange on strange on strange. So they go. So Din is rescued. They're like, oh boy, I'm rescued. Thanks, kid. Let's, let's let's run off and they run around and they find ooh a bunch of test tubes or a bunch of beakers or vats or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. and they're all Juan Carlos Esposito yeah they what? were clones of him which is what people were theorizing yeah I thought that was fine and then they blow them all up yeah they just destroy them um so they're never used right yeah they don't show up yeah. again later they don't best we can tell except maybe we can theorize towards the end here but. As far as we can tell, they were never actually a threat <laughs> before they're even yep. used or capable of, of yeah doing anything in a way that would be intimidating. Um, they're just killed. <laughs> yeah, they're unceremoniously just axed off. As Gideon says, he smothers them before they even draw their first breath or whatever. It's like, the, like was I meant to be afraid of these? Because, again, they never do anything. Like, in theory, they yeah. sound pretty uh, powerful, right? Like, they could be something. Like, oh, they're, yeah. they're Force-sensitive clones? Like, he, he could just have a whole army of Force-sensitive Mandalorian guys? That's Yeah, that's pretty bad. But yeah, that's, they don't do anything, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, so what does even matter? Okay. I guess it's good he killed them all. Um, yeah, thank goodness Din was there. And again, this is just where it's like, just scene to scene, none of this makes sense, right? So at the end of last episode, the Mandalorians seem to be in a pretty rough spa- spot, right? And all the mm-hmm. theorizing about, like, who's going to come help... I think came from a natural place, which is that the story seems to suggest they really need help. Yeah. The last episode seems to make out like all hope is lost. And that's why it wasn't just because people wanted to see Boba Fett again, or they wanted to see the new Republic or whatever. I don't think, right. I don't think it was purely a fan service thing. It was Mm -hmm. the story has been set up in a way now where they need someone to come in and help them. That's why people assume people were going to come in and help them. Yeah. And, but then they were like, actually, they we, just we don't, don't need they help. just don't need help. We're, yeah, all, we're good because we're the Mandalorian. All hope was lost, except then it just wasn't like all, all of the stakes and like, oh, my goodness. Like, wow, they really, you know, set up something here at the end of last episode was completely just kind of walked back. Right. Yeah. Because it was just like, yeah, oh, actually, Din's not captured. Actually, the Mandalorians don't need any help. They're just going to win by themselves. Actually, like, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Just didn't yeah. feel all that satisfying to just be like, actually, we can do it, and not even just like again. I, I get it, like, oh, it's the thing I guessed didn't come true, but w- w- like the Mythosaur thing didn't happen either, right? That would have been, I feel like, a compelling way to do it. Mm-hmm. Be like, Absolutely. they did get some help at least. That doesn't mean that's not an outside thing, right? It's still very much like, well, this is Mandalorians, this is their culture, this is all, it's all tied up in that, right? But it would be something at least. Instead, it just works out, like. <laughs> They just do it because they can. Because, like I said, all hope was lost except it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and then they like abandon. They all go down on the surface, and then Axe wo- Wolves is just like, oh, "I'm gonna crash the ship right into the base, and I'm gonna get him. To get out of here, guys!" And like, okay, he's gonna sacrifice himself. Then he doesn't. Yeah, so it's like, he doesn't. Which what's even the okay. point of any of this? Because it would have been dumb. It's fine. 
He's a jetpack. He didn't need to. I thought people yeah. did were critical, and I can't disagree that he he is able to fly all the way into space. That's pretty. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty crazy, especially because in um, I did, did I joke about this last week about everyone flying around? Like, are we not going to lose some fuel here? But um, I think so. Yeah. Because there was like in in season two, I think the first episode where they're fighting the crate dragon. I think him and Cobb both run out of fuel for their jetpacks. And in this episode, it's everyone's flying all the time. And again, X Wolves flies into atmosphere, <laughs> all the way out into space. I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't, I didn't think that they their suits were space capable, right? Um, yeah, it doesn't look like they ought to be because they're wearing just like cloth under. And like metal. like jet or uh, jumpsuits, basically that their armor all seems to go on top of, um, mm. which maybe it's made of some kind of space material, you know, some Star Warsy material, because I know that like the stormtroopers and the clone troopers and stuff, their body glove things are more are more in depth than just a pure cloth or whatever. But thing. still, the Mandalorians in particular, it looks less sci-fi ish. <laughs> Mm. Like they're all just wearing mechanics jumpsuits under their shit, <laughs> so I didn't know they could all just live in space. But uh, okay, cool. Oh, actually, wait. Now come to think of it, they might fly around in space in Rebels. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know. The point is, maybe. whatever. Um. So then the ships slow up, and they and they they ignore all of the other ships that fly right past them. It seems <laughs> just to go for the big one, which it makes sense. They would mostly focus on the big one, but you're trying yeah, to make like yeah, ones? not a single. One of the ships wanted to, you know, veer off and take on the the other ones. That's weird. Um, and then they they're they're also never followed up on. I don't know if you noticed, but they shoot the cruiser down. He crashes it into the planet, and then all those ties just I don't know disappear. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't notice because they were gone. I didn't. That's what I mean, though. They just. Screen. Oh, okay. So you didn't see them. So okay. You forgot. I forgot. Much like the writers, evidently. Out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Okay. Good. Well. Yeah, John Favreau lost those action figures for the day of writing. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have my. We don't. We don't need them. We can play without them. Um, Din goes all John Wick, which I did like. I thought his action in particular was pretty cool. This episode, got to give it. Oh yeah. Got to give that to them. They're like beating up all the stormtrooper guys, all the commandos. They said he's doing like John Wick moves where he's like tackling them and stuff. That was cool. Yeah, that was good. It's like an episode he's one. R five again. Oh yeah, R five comes to the rescue. So he wasn't. I guess he wasn't a big loser turns out so cool <laughs> yeah i like that din can't speak droid yeah that's good he just orders them around he's like i don't i don't care what you're saying just do what i want because it's a thing in star wars where some of them can just speak droid just one of the weird little quirks of star wars that you like right you, you just wonder why droids can't just speak like why wouldn't they just let them speak english like astromechs and stuff but they all just got to be that's you. what i would think i think about that for all of it's them. fun it's for character you know he originally did you know in the initial scripts, R2-D2 oh. just spoke English at them. Or whatever, basic. But he just talked. He didn't yeah. beep. <laughs> yeah, that would take away some of the fun. I would though. take away almost all the fun. Can you imagine if BB-8 was just talking? You'd be like, this is weird. <laughs> like, come on, Ray, let's get him. Yeah. Takes away from, like, oh, uh, they're like dogs almost. <laughs> yeah, they're just like robot dogs. But, uh, yeah, I, I did like that Din just doesn't understand him when he beeps. Which makes sense. It's an, it's an acquired skill. Not everyone in Star Wars understands basic, so... And he's droid racist. Yeah, Din in particular wouldn't, would he? Yeah, yeah. But I guess he's he's walking that back again. He's cool with droids again because these guys are he's cool with R five. So that's neat. Um, it's neat. He, he grew as a character, I think. Yeah, except for that episode like two any... weeks ago where he was like punching droids for the hell of it. Yeah, he was kicking over droids <laughs> and being a dirty cop just to fuck with them. So that's that's cool. 
But he'd be like, well, we got droids are acting up, so I'm going to fuck with all these droids, see if they act up against me. It's like, what? What are you talking? Din, you're an idiot. As always, Din, you're just stupid. They um show off, the, they have gardens on Mandalore now, which is cool. That That is a kind of a cool scene, I think, where it's like, oh, look at Mandalore can be like a good place if you just try a little and we stop. And stop warning. Yeah, so that's nice. That's I did like potentially that. a sign of things to come. Um, so we just get into the they big kill- fight, basically, right? Yeah, Gideon is fighting Din, and like, Grogu runs off. Killed all my three clones. Red... Yeah, I'm very like, upset. Him a chance to breathe, Ooh. which is weird. Because was he going to be like, "These are my children. These these like eight these grown men. Of, of me. <laughs> these eight dudes who are also like exact cops of me, and like s- seemingly a very similar age to me as well. <laughs> they were like my children, uh, but they're having a big fight. Yeah, um, all the Mandalorians are fighting all of the Commando guys. Uh, then the Praetorians show up. They're pretty cool again, I guess. They're kind of intimidating. It's looking bad for Din, because, like, what's he going to do? best he can do is, like, block. He's doing some kung fu yep. moves, but it doesn't really hold work out for him. Work it out too well. So then we get Bo showing up, of course. Um, she's got the lightsaber, so that's helpful. Grogu's using the force a bit. I thought it was kind of goofy, the scene where he's just, like, leaping around, and they just can't hit him. Yeah, it's like, and they never cut, like, they only at the very end when it's needed for it to, does it cut through it? Yeah, of course. So that he falls and gets crushed. It's like, why didn't it cut through it the dozens of other times we saw it hit? Um, that's when Din's able to show up, and he just beats them all, which is cool, I guess. Uh, feels like maybe he shouldn't have won that fight. <laughs> I was just, I mean, they beat Pat Vizsla pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, and they, like... They beat the guy who already beat Din. They gave, like, Kylo Ren some trouble, so... <laughs> You'd think, and Ray. yeah, you'd think Din, who's just a guy taking on three of them by himself. I mean, good on him. But I guess that's what Mandalorians are all about. Like, that's their whole thing, right? Is that, yeah, they're, they're a lot battle. Yeah. Well, and they can beat up like Jedi and stuff if they need to. So I guess they should be capable of this. Although I don't think Din would ever really be good against a Jedi. Oh, no, he'd be terrible. He gave Ahsoka a pretty good run the one episode, but I can't imagine if they wouldn't push really keen to shove. Cosca Reeves yeah. is a cool shot. She uses her knee rockets. Yeah, the new rockets are fun. New rockets are always good. We don't actually see those much. Those are, and that's a super fun detail, just because it's been like a, it's been part of the lore for like ever. That like you know, Boba Fett's got rockets on his knees, and we just never actually saw anyone use them really until this show, which is fun. Um, I thought it was weird that, but uh, Din is like flamethrowered like separate two separate times in this, and he's just seemingly completely impervious to it. <laughs> I thought that was yes, he just tank flames, even though that's the thing he loves doing the most, yeah. and it always works for him. So, I don't know what that's about. Why the flamethrower just doesn't work on him. Um, so, yeah, Din beats up the... Beats up the... What are they called? Praetorian. And then Bo-Katan's actually kind of losing her fight with Gideon. Because he's got, like, power armor on, which is makes sense. Kind of neat. And he smashes the Darksaber. Um, I kind of like this, I gotta say. If I get rid of that piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, I would have preferred, I guess, if it was a more um, sort of, like, conscious decision or whatever you can call it. Like a... Uh, willing yeah choice. like a thing that they actually that she actually did because she decided it um like it maybe voluntary is what i was looking for i don't know but i think a good word for but it. but like the fact that gideon just does it does take a little bit of it away because i think it would have been cool if she was like no i don't think we need this right not him making mm-hmm. that choice basically for her but i think it's good fuck that thing right there's way too much of like if you if you have this sword you get to be in charge that's stupid right that's no basis that's for a system trouble. of government jack no, I agree. No basis. No basis. People handing out swords shouldn't be anything. That's dumb. Very dumb. And it's also like, 
been hyped up way more, I think, in this show even than anything else. Like, it seems like every time it shows up, they give more and more significance to it. Because I think in Clone Wars the first time, uh, Previs was just like, yeah, this is my sword, isn't it cool? And then it's like, eventually, it's like, Darth Maul gets it. Is that a symbol of his leadership or what? And then it's shows up in Rebels, and it's like, this is a symbol of leadership for the clan Vizsla, so if you have it, it's people challenge you. And then by the time we got here, it's like, you know, the armor's like, if you wield this, you're going to save our whole people. And it's like, whoa, is it? So was that ever, how do we get there? How what, did pre I know that. Yeah, is that what the stupid fucking sword's supposed to be about or not? So I'm kind of glad yeah, they're like, you know what? You don't need the sword. <laughs> just break it. Get rid of it. Which is the whole thing he said last episode. So I think that at least is thematically relevant. Um, again, Axe Wolves crashes the thing. That's cool. I thought it was good he didn't die because he didn't need to. And it would have been dumb. We've all seen that oh, enough. Like, I have to crash the ship and stay in it. So when he's just like, I have a jetpack. I'm not going to stay on this. So I was like, good. <laughs> you, you shouldn't have. Yeah, that, that was good, right? Um, then Din and Bo team up on Gideon, right? Give him a good good fight there. But he's still kind of winning. Uh, but oh, then yeah, the ship crashes. So it kills him with fire. Yeah, it gets him. I guess, I guess he's dead. Fire. You think he's dead? What do we... Probably. I mean, he was um, emulsified. What's it called? Sure. When you get burned by fire. Oh, uh... Well, immolated? immolated. <laughs> it yes. would seem that way, but he was wearing power armor, so that's true. You know, I don't know. I think it, I don't know. I I don't like this. I don't like that it's another like fake out scenario where we think he's dead again, and then he just won't be right because we kind of got that season one, and then season two it was like we think he's captured, but no, maybe not. Um, so now to have this where it's like we think he's dead again, but actually maybe not. I I won't love it if he comes back, but I also think it's. Very likely, I guess. They're very possible. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like, why would you just show him dying for real? Well, that's the thing, right? It's a very, you know, didn't see a body kind of death. So, I don't know, explosions. People survive those in Star Wars sometimes. That's what happened yeah. to Echo, and he was all right, so. I mean, well, yeah. It doesn't define all right. Yeah, well. <laughs> he lived. When even just the whole yeah. scenario of, like, the, the cloning thing of it all, right? Who knows? Was this mm. a clone? Um, people have pointed out that like he just doesn't have a mustache this season for some reason. So is that anything? I don't know. What do you well, think? Well, mustache Gideon, all his non-mustached clones to tell him apart. Yeah, like this is this wasn't the real Gideon to begin with. I think there's a chance of that, basically. Oh Jesus, come on! You don't think so? Let's move on from him. You think so, Jack? I think I think it's likely that it'll happen. I'm just not gonna like it when it does. I mean, he's good as like the as like an antagonist for the Mandalorian, right? For this show in particular, because he has this connection yeah. to Mandalore and all that. I think it kind of works. Although, as we'll get to in a minute here, the, the whole show kind of moved away from. It seems to be maybe, but I don't know. I guess I could take it to leave it basically. Mm-hmm. Although again, it's that kind of effect where once you beat him so many times, does he is he anything? Is he still intimidating as a villain? Yeah. If you just keep fucking up all of his plans, where it's like, I have all these dark troopers, I'm going to conquer, and you just destroy them all. And then he's like, guys, I'm back. Suddenly I have even more men and, and resources, but I've got this whole base. What do you think of that? And then they're just like, we're going to destroy this too. I, I don't know how many times you can come back. Star killer base. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> so I don't know. So there you go. Um, he's defeated. I guess they win. Um,. Hooray. Yeah, so now we're we we've taken back Mandalore, which is nice. And um they're in the mines, they're doing the ceremony, they're like baptizing them or whatever. I guess we're all on board with this now or not. It's so it's still kinda weird to me. Yeah, it feels like we've gotten away from uh 
guess Bo-Katan was wrong in season two and she's like, hey, you shouldn't follow these guys. They're mean. Maybe. But now we're just like, nope. Actually, Din was right the whole time. Yes, but I mean, I guess the thing is that they're like, they're coexisting with the separate beliefs, which is fine, I guess, right? That's nice. Mm-hmm. That does suggest a level of growth to them that it's very much less a cult if they're just hanging out anyways, right? Once, yeah, if other beliefs are allowed to exist. Yeah, exactly. Exist. Once they've all dropped, dropped the whole it's our way or the highway kind of thing, you know, literally, um, I think it's that's good. So it's not it's not so bad. They can be they can be weird or whatever. Who cares? Um, but they're like, we're gonna we're gonna uh, do Grogu as well. I want to do Grogu, and she's like, he can't talk. Now, first of all, we kind of see that he can talk <laughs> if you just yeah. let him. <laughs> you just give him the buttons or whatever, which suggests I think because there's been all this um, you know stuff ar- around Grogu where it's like he's fifty, right? He feels like he's older than he acts, kind of thing, right? People have talked about yeah he shouldn't be like a toddler still he should there should be something more to him because if you you know look at like where yoda was at 90 he was like or 90 100 kind of thing he was like training jedi so why is grogu at 50 something still like yeah completely um nonverbal and stuff mm-hmm. and i remember at season two there was like theories about this where perhaps he's like traumatized <laughs> like he might never talk oh, really? oh right i yeah. feel like that could ha- possibly happen or that's mm-hmm. maybe that's just not in the cards for him Again, with the I really thought with the buttons, I was like, oh, so I feel like he's he's more he's further along than I realized. I guess because mm. like, he was able to communicate like relatively, I don't know, complex. I guess it's, maybe that's not the yeah. word, but I don't know. He seemed to he can at least he can understand and yeah. have the appropriate response. In yeah, exactly. He seemed to have a good idea of what was going on. So maybe he's a little more than we thought. But she's like, you can't do it, and he's like, well, what if I was his dad? And she's like, I guess that works. But I didn't feel anything here because. Uh, yeah. They already were. I, this wasn't anything. That, I agree. I said the same thing because I was watching some of my friends, and I was like, "Didn't we do this? Like, it wasn't the whole point of season one." Season one, he's like, I'm- exactly, Jack. Not even like this wasn't even like a season two thing. It was the very first, and it's not even just a okay. So like, you have characters, right? Like uh, Bo and um, uh, Grief Card and stuff, who have been directly referring to them as father and son, right? Yeah. But then you also have the armor who at the end of season one said you will be as a father to him. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what? Doesn't that mean that she was he was already his father, right? Why, why? You told him that. That was a thing you told him that he you were gonna, he was going to be his father. And now you're like, I guess you're father and son now. What the fuck was... Uh, what? What was the whole point? And even if it wasn't season one, what the fuck is season two? Yeah, this just wasn't any... This, to me, did not move the needle in terms of any like this i didn't feel like this was any change or development or anything because also why is he din grogu and not grogu yeah i kind of thought the same thing because pav vizsla is pre vizsla's like relative yeah yeah. so their first name it's not like the reverse like in japan or or right right right. so like yeah there's lots of vizslas we know vizsla's their family name yeah exactly yeah i thought the same thing um I mean, the thing about Mandalore, right, is that it's not just one culture. It's like a whole thing. So yeah. I get that. So wherever, perhaps that's unique to wherever Din was originally from, right? Because um, he wasn't born on Mandalore, right? So maybe that's how th- his family was. But also, I'm, I was trying to rack my brain after this, where it's like, is there any instances of anyone calling him Din? Or is that just a thing we've done? Do you know? I think they, I think they only call him Mando. I kind of... Or no, I, Bo-Katan must call That's him That's what Din. I thought. I was like, if anyone, I think it would have been Bo-Katan. 
The armor calls him by his full name. Most people, most other people, though, don't know his name. So, yeah, because yeah, he's no one's supposed to know his they name. Still call him Mando. A lot of people do, which I don't love, but and it, it always sounds like a slur when they say it. <laughs> yeah, people have made that joke. Also, it's like it's just weird now that there was so many. Like, there's a part in this episode where Gideon's like, "The Mandalorian has escaped." What a dumb thing yeah. to say. There's like, I hate that. <laughs> I was like, the he's not even the most important one. No. Bo-Katan's the most important right. one. She's the Mandalorian if you wanted to put that moniker on him. Or like, like why would he know as the Mandalorian? He knows his name. Right. He's the one who says his name in season, season one. one. He's the one who introduces us to his real name. Yeah, no, I Jack couldn't agree more. What the fuck? Because we kind of made fun of what's his name for saying that, right? Um, Grief Cargo, but like he's kind of goofy, right? He wouldn't know, I guess. He, like, Likes to be goofy with, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. He doesn't know. Fine, but yeah, some of these other people should know. Um, I feel like Bo-Katan definitely called him dead. I'm like, let's see. I'll Google it real quick. I should have done this before, but I kind of forgot. That's all right. You gotta Google on the show, or else it's not a show. Does anyone call him Din? Do you think this is gonna work if I just Google that? Maybe. Wait, is his name Jaren and not Din? Let's see. Reddit will know. Come on, baby. What do we got? Come on, Reddit. Save us. R slash the Mandalorian TV. This guy says, "Wait, is his name Darn and not Din?" Huh? <laughs> uh, fan fiction writers be panicking now. <laughs> I was just confused too. Okay, so this is definitely a part, right? So he says, "Din Grogu sounds better." It certainly does sound better. I wouldn't deny that, even a little. Um, that Din Grogu sounds yeah. better than Grogu Dar. Grogu Jarin. Grogu Jarin. And for all we know, Grogu's his last name too. <laughs> That's. Yeah. Or like, how does that even work when you only have one name, right? Like Yoda's just got one name. Yaddle's just got one name. So maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. So maybe he is more of like a of like a um junior, right? Like their names are both Din. Right. Okay. Yeah. That could be. And like Guru is like a middle name. Sure. Like a like like Mozart. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like it's... you know, like in um other countries where your name becomes your last, your dad's name becomes your last name, right? It right, used yeah. to be like that in uh, um. Like Nord, yeah, like Scandinavia, yeah, yeah. So he could be Grogu Dinson, <laughs> Dinson, right? Is that right? Jaren, yeah, or, or in this case, Jaren, Jaren son. If his last, yeah, call him Grogu Jaren. Jesus Christ, Din Jaren was like what? Jaren. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to. Say, I cannot maybe, find it. If there's anyone, okay, this has maybe look at this guy says everyone. Call him, call yeah, but well, Fat might call him Din as well. He'd be the only other person I could think of. Like has that kind of respect for him. Yeah, she okay. So this says Bo definitely does call him Jin. Or, sorry, Bo calls him Din. So whatever that means to you, I guess it's no solace. But also, it, the thing is, is like, would the Mandalorian or um the armor know that? Right? Would she know to call him by that if if that was the case? Right? If this was unique to his home world, would he care about that? And would the Mandal or would the armor care about that enough to be like, ah, yes, I know what to call him. Whatever. It just honestly, I don't know because I guess she's not the antagonist. Yeah, it's seeming that way. Or if she is, it's season four, which I don't even. I can't even hope to be excited about at this point. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so all of our theorizing. I guess we should bring that up just real quick. Just that none of it became anything. There was no other spy, um, and there was no backup. Right? Yes. How, do, how do you feel? Just... About <laughs> is that satisfying? Um, not really. Just not nothing. really. I feel just not like I kind of felt nothing the whole time. I was like, is this really what we're doing? Yeah, like I said, it's just nothing is satisfying. Like there's no, nothing is building off of anything that happened. And so it's just not like, again, the the reason that like 
the New Republic showing up and saving the day, it wouldn't just have been cool and interesting because we like X-Wings or whatever, right? Although we do. I'll concede that I do, right? I would have enjoyed it from that angle. But also, if the New Republic had never been a factor in the show, I don't think it would have made sense to me, right? Um, Right, yeah. We didn't spend a whole episode... Yeah, exactly. ...on Coruscant. They are very much tied into it, where it would have made perfect sense. It would have been cool and satisfying, right? So, I just, yeah. Having nothing, it's just nothing happened. It was just, again, the nothing changed for, for our situation from last episode, but they just figured it out anyways. I don't know. Okay, yeah. so then the finale, or the ending here, right, is that he goes to Navarro, and, um, or no, I guess before he goes to Navarro, he goes to Adelphi, I think is that planet, right? Um, yeah. Is it, or is it the, is it the same as the gym in Creed? Maybe. I... Just the place in Greece, right, or ancient Greece? Yeah. Whatever. Um, and he's like, Carson Teva, why don't you give me jobs? And he's just like, what? <laughs> he's like, give me jobs, how about? I need to train Grogu how to be a bounty hunter. So, I, yeah. I don't know how to feel so about what... this either, to be honest. Just in the sense that, like, so he's like, he's my apprentice now, right? So I gotta take him under mm-hmm. my wing and I gotta teach him what I know. I didn't expect that to be bounty hunting. Yeah, I figured it'd be something different. I thought we'd kind of moved past this. I thought the whole point of getting this ship that can't carry bodies would be but I guess we'll do what all the people will say. We'll put a fucking space trailer on the back. <laughs> just haul carbonite through space. It, just, it feels like it feels like sometimes they just kind of can't decide. I don't know. They just won't commit. They won't commit. They won't yeah, commit. that's what it. That's what I mean. I guess. Time and time again, it's like what? What? What's going on with the show and these characters? Yeah, why would we're literally at square one again in a lot of in ways? A lot of ways. Like we did a whole season building up. Man, this Mandalore stuff, and now he's just like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> I'm gonna live on a completely different planet. <laughs> See you guys. Like what? Remember how I was the reluctant hero? He's just not. Yep, and I was, and I shall continue I was so to be reluctant. reluctant. I'm so reluctant. I just, yeah. I, I got out of it. I actually got all the way I out left. of doing it. <laughs> I, yeah, on I, I just, I looked at apples, bitch. Who's winning now? I get to sit on the porch and watch my kid eat frogs <laughs> in the lake outside. <laughs> like remember, remember, like. 40 minutes of screen time ago when he said your song is not yet written and I will serve you until it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember Zach. I don't think Dave, Dave I don't think John Favre remembered that. He <laughs> freaking wrote that line. Did they? He's just like, all right, see you guys. Good luck. I'm just going to go be nothing again. What the fuck? Smell you later, losers. This is what I mean. It's like at every turn, opportunity for genuine character development is just kind of like abandoned it's in wondered. favor of like the status quo of just i don't know i don't i'm trying not to, i don't want to be the cynical jack but is it like is it just like a status quo thing is it is it like it, lucasfilm fucking intervention is it disney jack is it fucking kathleen kennedy all, all x and enter uh youtube boogeyman here like is this just like a toys like we need them all to be together for toys is it that is it it, it might I've, be it wasn't i'm like me. more i'm like more open to that and you know than I've ever been before, basically. It feels like it's gotta be, because, like, why wasn't he just the leader of Mandalore? To go... Why? Yeah, to go, like, like okay, they're separated. That's gonna be a moment of... That's gonna be an opportunity for some real growth. Oh, they're just back together. Okay, he's got the Darksaber, but he doesn't want it, but he has to want it. He's gotta... We gotta figure this out, right? It's too heavy for Din, right? He can't wield it. Like, like that's... There's something there, right? That seems to be... I mean, that's so, yeah. like... It's not even that deep or anything it's literally just like look at 
This is so straightforward. It's so in your face, paint by numbers. Right. Like, this is the arc. He He's on the planet. He literally can't wield it because of his emotions, like, like inner turmoil. Yeah. He has to come, become like, it's so simple. It makes so much sense for the guy who wasn't born on the planet, who didn't live on the planet, who lived in the moon, who was always ostracized from the moon he lived on with these cult, with his little group. Then he becomes the leader and actually unites everyone and not the person who was destined to rule it. It's subversion. Because he doesn't care about. Because he doesn't, he doesn't actually care. He only cares about helping people because he's become a good person because he has a son. Right. But he doesn't actually but ever wouldn't... resolve that. He just can't. He just never figures out what's wrong with him internally, like his own stuff that he can't wield it properly and he just gives it away. And then here we had a yeah. thing again where he was captured and it's like, could this be a moment for growth? Like if his helmet is forcibly removed, he has to really buckle down now and decide for himself what's important to him. Um, oh, he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. He didn't actually, oh, he, he wasn't actually forced to decide. Um, and yeah, now it's just like, she's just like all right get out of here go be a because i always got the impression that he was being a bounty hunter out of necessity right that's not yeah i don't know legends and canon are kind of mixed on this at times but i've always liked the idea that bounty hunting isn't a thing they should want to do that doesn't fit with the whole rest of the thing they got going on right this like noble yeah this, like noble warrior culture they have to just be like yeah i i can't i kidnap people for money i hunt people down why and like, right? You're not living underground anymore. You're not living in this covert where it's like, look, at I got some scraps to share with the fam. This is the best we can do. We're, we're like hiding like rats, right? It's like, mm. look at, we took back our home world. This is cool. We can all, we can live in peace. Why, we can regain our power. Why do you need to be a bounty hunter? The only other Mandalorian bounty hunters we know of are Boba Fett and uh, Jango Fett, right? Both of whom had kind of strayed from being actual Mandalorians and were not great guys. Why do you need to keep doing this? Like, then we had a whole show about how one of them stopped being a bounty hunter. Yeah, again, also to try to like build a community and help people and stuff. So why not do that? Why did Why did we have season two where he takes off his helmet to look his son in the face as he leaves, maybe forever? Mm -hmm. And then the next season of the show, if we don't count Book of Boba because <laughs> we're not gonna do meta analysis, just do the actual seasons. He's like, actually, I, I have it back on, and I'm never taking it off back. again. <laughs> I'm never taking it. I can't. I actually, I actually didn't like doing that at all. And these guys are right. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, man? What's going on? What happened? Who wrote this? John the myths are open to eye. Thanks, dickhead. Wait, well, thanks for sticking around. So, uh, <laughs> Carson Tab was like, yeah, I'll give you jobs. You can hunt down Imperials because that's a way for him to be a bounty hunter, but also be good about it because he's hunting down, you know, bad people who deserve it, which yeah, I kind of like this. I, I got to, even though I just did that whole rant or whatever, I do kind of like the <laughs> idea that he's going to be like a Nazi hunter now. Um, this is actually a concept that's explored in the aftermath books, which I've mentioned quite a few times, mm -hmm. uh, where basically, well, basically in the second book of that trilogy, um, that's what they're doing. That's what the like the, the the cast of those books is doing is they're like hunting down imperial warlords and stuff. Um, so that's cool. You know, I like the implications of that. People have pointed out that there's like um, I think I mentioned this last week the idea that like there's some religious imagery and or, or allegory and stuff going on with the Mandalorians, um, some Jewish stuff in particular, and that also comes. There's this. Uh, did did you see any of this with the spies? Um, did I mention this last week? Actually, I don't remember that. There's there's a an alternative reading of it, which is not that 
that it was like a double meaning that one of those that there was the spy who was obviously what's her name right but then there's also mm-hmm. the spies which is i guess in one of the passages in the bible when the um israelites return and they see there's like 12 guys who roll up and they f- they see israel again after the exile they're called the spies or they they refer to as spies because they like uh-huh. they spy israel i guess you know you get it I see it, yeah, like in a, in a very like broad way of saying the word spy. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's all that going on. So people think that's what that episode meant, is that they're returning to Mandalore and they spy it. They're like, look, it's Mandalore. We've returned to our homeland kind of thing. So okay. if you add up all that, then it's kind of especially cool that Din's like, I'm going to hunt down the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty I kind of fuck with that. There's that show that, um, yeah. what's his name's in? How yeah, you know? that one, you know. I know the one. I think that guy from... Okay, I played Percy Jackson's in yeah, that I think too. so. But uh, Carson Tev was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> kind of strong arms him into it. He's be. like, I guess, man. I yeah. don't know. But you, I just showed up here. He's like, I want, give me, I'm a private contractor now. Okay. That's not going to get it. Just give me money. Okay. Sure, man. Whatever. So I guess this is not completely like abandoning some of the plots we've dealt with, right? Because we saw all those warlords last episode, like just hanging around. So it's good that someone will take care of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, potentially he's going to, I think I saw, uh, Variety already has an article about next season, so I didn't read it yet, but apparently Carson Tev is going to get more play, um, as a result of that and stuff. So I guess that's kind of cool. Um, and then they take the, uh, assassin droid head, right? And he comes back to Navarro and Grief Cargo's like, here's another, another house for you, even though he already gave them land or whatever that they already don't need anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, here's all this land, like to the Mandalorian, and then they're like, actually, we got our whole planet back. We don't even need this. Um, he's like, you just can have a house as well, uh, which is nice. I mean, that's cool. I feel like before he was like going to give him a better house, wasn't he? <laughs> Episode one, so. wasn't he talking about like some fancy mansion type scenario with like? I feel like he was going to make him like a landlord. Remember, <laughs> he's going to give him yeah. like states or something with like income. Make him a yeah. He, he called him landed like a- gentry, didn't he? Yeah, he was going to give him, like, good shit. And now he's just like, have a, have this cabin. Have a cabin on the, I don't know, sand waste. Which is nice. Um, That's more didn't speed anyways, I suppose. Um, And then he's like, look at I brought back IG-11. He's just fixed. And now he's a marshal. What do you think of that? Now he's the marshal. What the fuck's that about, right? I mean, that's just, that just Whatever. happens. It's another thing where it's like, this just happened. There's nothing. Why did he bring him back? What was the purpose of that? Why didn't he do that earlier? Why wasn't he just the sheriff? This was like a problem in the first episode. And now it just resolved completely off screen. This is, again, very much a and then, right? Nothing happens early yeah. in the episode or even early in the season at any point to suggest this. It's just a thing that... And then he's on Navarro and IG-11's fixed and he's the marshal because we fired yeah. Gina Carano. <laughs> Remember? Remember, Jack? She oh, was yeah. the marshal and now... Now, now she's the robot's the marshal. <laughs> Now the robot's the marshal. The robot won't say anything bad about... Hey, again, Jewish people. <laughs> oh, Okay. Uh, but that's, I mean, I guess that's cool. Good for him. He's around. He looks neat. I mean, he's got, he's like white and red. Why wasn't, see, now, that really ties into the uh, whole, did they do this for status quo? Because mm-hmm. wouldn't it be, I, you know, I, I could even go the subversion of being like, well, he wasn't going to be a hero because he doesn't want to rule a planet, but he'll, he'll be a marshal. He'll, he'll be, he'll protect the planet that he lived on and that like helped him and all of his friends. Okay. But then he went, actually, I don't want to do that. Even though it was set up in episode one, so I'll just do this other thing instead that has nothing to do with anything. Okay, John Favreau, what the fuck are you? What? Now, 
to repeat a line that we said yesterday about oh, yesterday last week about Renfield, uh, we could have wrote this shit. <laughs> like what? Yeah, they actually, this? John Favreau, acclaimed director of Chef, wrote this. Uh, yeah, honestly, probably not to be a dick about it, but not to be a dick about it. But I could just make shit up. I feel like it's I Star could just Wars. Make some of this up. There's enough shit in Star Wars that, especially you, Zach, you could probably be like, eh, there was this thing I can probably monkey with. In, and, yeah. 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 And I mean, you heard what I was saying last week, right? I was like, the Pergil, maybe? Turns out I didn't need any of that. I didn't need none of those deep cuts. No. It was just, actually, the Mandalorians just win because they can. Because they can. And they will. And then they will. If J.J. Abrams can write and somehow Palpatine returns, you can well, do anything. That's the thing. All of the, just everyone in this episode just won their fights. All of the heroes won. There was no like lasting consequences. Did you see all this stuff last week where people were like, like the Mandalorian, uh, like, like one of, uh, one of the body doubles for, for Din Djarin, And there was like one or two other individuals involved or like really hyping up like you guys, you, you're all excited for the finale, but you might, you might, you might get more than you bargained for. Um, he said something like, "You guys are not gonna not want it to end," or but then you might, you might, I don't, I, I have to bring it up. But it's basically all this implication that like, ooh, something's gonna happen next episode, right? That's less than yeah. ideal for us. I didn't feel any of that. No, nothing. Yeah, no, I just, I wanted to end actually. Yeah, uh, let's wrap this up. Come on, fellas. Like it just, no, no one died. Pocatan didn't even get her hand crushed when <laughs> the dark saber got broken. Like. There was like zero weight. Again, there was just no weight to any of this. I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I yeah. I, I was just like I got more emotional weight watching Renfield. It just ha- and then it this. just happened. It was yeah. all just and then it happened. And there were some moments mm-hmm. where like I guess that's cool, but it just happened. <laughs> yeah. And then this happens. And then they find his clones. And then they kill all his clones. And then and then and then and then, which as the South Park creators Metzo and Trey Parker will say. You never want to have a story that has and that's then what in I'm there. saying. Yeah, that's what people have because that clip went viral during the the this season in particular, and a lot of people have seen fit to like kind of be like, "Hey, look at this!" Like the South Park guys know this. Why do why does John Favreau not know this? Yeah, this is basic screen this whole, Things have to. Flow that is the whole other. season. Almost every episode has some example, great or small, of and then this happened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in a way, the whole season is just kind of, and then this happened. So I guess certain people that we've we've kind of talked about, right, this season, who are like, I want more of these small scale stories. Um, well, they should be pretty happy with the next season because it seems like it's going to be that. It's just going to be Din and Grogu doing bounty hunting again, which I don't think it will necessarily like. Even if you think back to the first season, right, that still gives opportunity for him to like meet new and interesting characters and stuff, and potentially existing characters and things. But, um, yeah, I guess we're not doing anything further with, like, rebuilding Mandalore or, like, dealing with the rest of the Imperial Remnant or anything. Oh, well, other than these warlords, he's going to be hunting down. But it's just a solo thing. It's not, like, building to galactic war or anything. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. Uh, if only we... I, I don't know either. Like, I don't... I mean, we got that movie. There's say. that movie, right? What's what the fuck is what's that gonna, gonna be? be? What's gonna happen to Po Katan? Like she's gonna have to. St- where where is she gonna show up? Right? Like she was like a main character this uh, this season, right? She was like a regular every. She's in pretty much every yeah. episode, right? Literally every episode. So to have her go from that to is she just not gonna be in next season? That's weird, right? Like yeah, very strange. I, what's gonna happen to her? Like what's she gonna be up to? What's 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I I wish I knew. Season just didn't really do it for us. No, and especially coming off Andor. That's like the thing. Yeah. We again, I think we did a pretty good at not really comparing it much, but when Ooh. now that it's all said and done, yeah, it's it's and again, I think it's not even like I don't know. I don't think it's unfair to say that you have Andor, which is a show where everything feels so deliberate, and the writing was the was the absolute strong suit of it. To then go to this show, mm. which is the equivalent of a man playing with toys, um, with very little care to the why. To the why now. They're like polar opposites in terms of Star Wars storytelling. I think. So I don't know. Mm. Is Din Djarin still your favorite Star Wars character, Jack? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> this is as this this one season has torpedoed your opinion on all of this. It really, on. it really has. Like what? What even? It wasn't. It wasn't like that funny or goofy. It was just nothing. He was a bystander in his own goddamn story. Yep. And he shall continue to be. Just bring back Polkoon, please. <laughs> Let me have. Actually, don't. Actually, you know what? I don't want him back. I tune my mind actually. Because if they bring him back, they're gonna ruin him too. I know they will. So just let him. You know he can be dead. Let him rest. Let him rest. Let, let him go out on top. <laughs> let, let's, you know what? I'm 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 wanting being more. murdered by his own men. <laughs> I, hey, better fate than Din. Well, that's that's what they say, right? Always leave him wanting more. Yeah, and Din has. I don't want any more <laughs> right now. I, I wouldn't last. Uh, like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like thinking back to us talking about it, and listeners, of course, you know, because you listen to the whole um, show before you listen to this episode. Every episode. It's getting harder and harder, but you'll do it, and I'm real proud of you. Um, episode one, we were like, this episode, ooh, and I was I was on board for episode one, but you weren't. <laughs> and episode two, we're like, you know what? We're both on board. This is great. We're moving so quick. Mythosaur, oh my god, this is incredible. He's going to ride it. And then episodes, and then episode eight, we're like, what the fuck was any of that? Why did he open his eye? Why, cut that scene. I don't want to see that. Don't show me that. Why would you show me that if I couldn't have it? Do they even believe that he's real? <laughs> I don't think they do. Because she was kind of like, are you sure? Up? But he didn't show he didn't show himself to any of the remaining Mandalorians. What's he there for? What's that about? Why did, what's with, why did they show that big turtle monster that blows up their boat and not the Mythosaur? <laughs> Fuck if I know. We're man. not gonna see him next season. So what was what is that? What's the what's what's what 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 what? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? If Din's just gonna be traveling the galaxy hunting bounties, he's not gonna be hanging out on Mandalore to, to like go tickle the mythosaur so why why is he there why show him what's <sighs> so <laughs> said about it for the mandalorian chapter That's 24 and season three i can't take it anymore i just are they really yeah like you said andor to this or even just i really feel mandalorian season two to this is like night and day night, where yeah. i just feel nothing Which there I was feel- such a it really did feel so strong and like they made a genuine like choice in that finale to really give some weight to all this and every single bit of it has been systematically reversed in this follow-up oh, season yeah. to where it truly just is like this show is just for fucking shits and gigs it's just guys having fun being being star wars just guys being dudes i guess look at, we're just all having a good time being star warsy look at do you like the fucking do you like the Babu Freaks? They're cool, aren't they? Thanks. Yeah, why don't you laugh, huh? You shall. Thanks, John. John, I really appreciate everything you've done here. All right. <laughs> Which man's name would you like to talk about now? 
Um, who would do first last time? Was I can't remember. Or... I don't know. You edited it, man. Uh, I think it was. Oh, yeah. No, I, uh, I'll just. Oh, actually, I have it right here in front of me. It was Dave first. So we'll do Barry first. Good old Barry. Akatak Barry season four, four premiere. It's Barry short for. The fuck's his name? Barry. Um, Bar- and I was, Barrens? I almost said Bartholomew, <laughs> but that's just wor- that just works. Well, you know Larry short for Lawrence, so. B- Barrens? Oh, shit. <laughs> Barrens? That's good. I'll look it up right now. What is Barry short for? <laughs> Bartholomew. I was right. I was just right the first time. There's no way his name's Bartholomew. Oh, here we go. Okay, wait. What can Barry be short for? Uh, Barrington. There's no way. That's what it says on the Wikipedia. The, what is the Irish version of Barry? Barra? This is incredible. We do have an episode on this. That's so weird. It feels so strange to just name your child Barry, but you know what I mean? Like, just on his birth certificate, Barry. Yeah, the Y always den- feels like it denotes a nickname. Yeah. Huh. more you know. The more you know. Okay. But anyway, season four, episodes, it was a double double premiere. That's right. We had episode one, Yikes, and episode two, The Bestest Place on Earth. And I actually remember the fucking titles. Let's go, baby. Good job, buddy. Incredible. I'm on top. All that Mandalorian got me heated. God, that show sucked. I hate it now forever. (laughs) Anyway, Barry. Yeah. So uh, So we start on. He's in fucking prison. He's in prison. Where he belongs. He belongs there. No, yeah. I I think. I think. Hey, I would agree. I don't Uh, don't think I want him to get out, really. He's getting out, he's though. So, he's he's fucking crazy, Jack. He's such a crazy person. He's so unwell. So, uh, um, what, do we, so what do we got? Well, we can just start Barry's through line through everything, and then we can drive everybody through the, all the episodes. So we follow Barry. He's adjusting to life in prison. Um, he doesn't mind it because he's insane and just can kind of re- adapt to any situation because he's like, like a fucking blank slate that people can use to reflect things off of. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, he's, he's the guy. He's so cool. Um, he freaks out in the bathroom and like punches a wall till his knuckles bleed because he like is mad at himself for fucking everything up. Uh, a cop beats him up. He tries to call Mr. Cousineau and Sally. That doesn't work. Mr. Cousineau just says, I gotcha. So really twisting the knife. He's not going to be when Barry comes a knocking probably later in this season. Uh, and then he reunites with Fuchs and they kind of are friends again. Maybe. So it seems. Maybe not. I mean, Barry seems they're friends, but Fuchs eventually at first doesn't want to have anything to do with them. And tries to rat him out to the police to get himself out. And then he's like, actually, Barry, you're great. Or something. He's like, I can't. He goes to the FBI, right? He's like, I can't do it. Can't turn on him like that. We're family or whatever. But yeah. he's done this about six times this show. so He does it all the time. He <laughs> loves doing it. That's like his main character oh. thing. Is that every every other episode, he turns his back on Barry. So it's hard to feel really strongly about it. But Yeah. We get, we're getting a little bit more of Barry's backstory it seems mm-hmm. we've seen like a child barry and his father we haven't seen his mother and we and it's implied that barry has siblings uh had siblings yeah. what well, i didn't think of that but yeah because he calls him his youngest right yes yeah, so he has at least some some amount of siblings at least one other sibling mm-hmm. um i wonder uh yeah, we get to see like with the first time he met fuchs um, yeah. and like another time he met him uh, he's constantly hearing the like sounds of the beach and the hum from when he almost died last season. Uh, so he's in a bad way. Yeah. He's not having a great time. He really is. No one is. Gets beat no one sh- ever does on this show. Really. No, no one ever has a good time. Only Hank. Oh, no. even Not even Hank had a good time nope. eventually. Hank had a good time for about the longest, I think. Yeah, he did. And it, and even that was fleeting. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, so quick. Yes. So, uh, I mean, he's hallucinating. He keeps seeing people in the prison. He's like, 
He thinks Sally's there. That's weird. Yeah, he's seeing the acting class like before it starts. Like he's hallucinating it in conjunction with everything else. It's it's a very strange scene in the prison yard. Um, he wants to start. He lets like kind of Fuchs go back to his old ways, where Fuchs kind of like heads it up and buries just kind of the muscle, mm-hmm. the quiet muscle in the back. Mm-hmm. And there was a fun scene where like Fuchs tries to convince all these people as they're watching Yellowstone to like join them, and he gives people nicknames. And- <laughs> There's like, oh, really great. Like, you know, my acting class that talked about that, and like, you were doing everything just right. It's like, you're, you're a natural. He's like, yeah, you know, it's how it is. You know, I'm just really good. It's like, Barry, you're terrible at acting. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the only times he's he puts in um, even vaguely convincing performances when he's not acting at all. Yeah, when he's showing his true raw self. Which is I think we've talked about. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of. So then. I guess Fuchs kind of gets, I guess unintentionally even, kind of plants the idea that like Barry can negotiate for himself as well. Mm. And he decides he's going to rat out all the, the mob guys. guys. The, what are they called? The, the Chechens, Chechnyans and, and, and the Bolivians. Yeah, in LA. He's like, I'll just turn them in and that'll be how I, I, I get out. So there you go. And that's kind of where his thing ends, right? Mm. Um, he still is like insane in the way that he can't understand why i don't know he doesn't understand why people act the way they do like why sally and kusano wouldn't be cool with him basically yeah just like insane and i don't know what that's about he's like i didn't lie i just didn't tell you the truth it's like well you can't a mission of truth is still a lie yeah i don't it's very weird like at time again like throughout this whole show at times he seems to be aware and then at times he's like not yeah so i don't know what that's about he has one scene where Sally visits him. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about Sally specifically first? Yeah, we can do Sally specifically first. I was mentioning that. So Sally's thing is that, as as we saw at the end of last season, she's going back to Missouri, to her, to her hometown, um, to just kind of lay low, get away from it all, it seems, because she's nervous about yeah. the other guy that they killed. Well, really, she killed him, I mean, for being honest. Yeah, she beat him to death. But honestly, honestly, self-defense. Oh, that was a pretty, I don't think she beat him justified one. Honestly, yeah. if they had honestly played that differently, it might have just worked in that angle. Like he did break into them to the, into that house and assault them, right? Yeah. So I'm sure if they had actually called the police, they not, Barry would not. They have all been they both had defensive injuries. Like it would have been pretty <laughs> open and shut, pretty cut and dry. Like this is my apartment that I live. Yeah, whatever. But obviously, it can't work out like that. So um, she goes back home, and we we get a sense of her family and stuff, and they kind of suck. <laughs> Not oh even kind of. Her dad's all right, I guess. But her dad's like clueless. his thing is, yeah, he's like a clueless oaf who is like spineless as well and doesn't. Um, so any conflict? Yeah, yeah. Basically, he's so conflict averse that he lets uh, people, the mother, namely that we see, like kind of walk over it and be uh, a bit awful. And her mom is just like just the worst kind of like suburban mom, right? Oh like, yeah, we all know a person like this. Who's just a little bit too worried about keeping up with the Joneses and being like, well, this my, uh, you know, I gotta, we gotta, we don't want to rock the boat too much. And like, well, what is, what is, what are they going to think of this? Right. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. You didn't think about this. Does anybody else know? Oh, come on. And yeah, she's pretty, pretty terrible. Um, yes, they watch, they watch her show Joplin and they like, can't seem to understand. They're like, you don't have a daughter. Why why did you write (laughs) this? They can't comprehend art. Yeah. Anything. (laughs) Writing a thing that doesn't yeah. directly reflect your exact life, apparently. Yeah, it's like, 
And he's like, you said his name? You said Sam's name? Like, apparently they've never seen a movie, I guess is what it comes down to. Like, any film or yeah. television show ever? What would they think about Barry, Jack? Oh my goodness. Jeez. You go crazy. Like, what do you... Wait. What, you kill people? In real life, do you? What's his name? Fucking... Later. Later. They're like, wait, you were, you were a murderer this whole time? You were, wow, they haven't got caught yet? Are you... What? And she's like, you know, I see his mom. And she's like, what? She's like, yeah, I got it. Well, I'm gonna have to tell him about this. This is a whole thing. And Sally's like, this is like a real life thing that happened to me. Yeah, I got assaulted by this. And she's like, you don't know how to pick him. Your boyfriend murdered someone in L.A. You're you got beat the sh- you're a person to beat the shit out of you all the time. So gross. It's like, it's like absolutely wild I to was- come from her mother. When it's such because it's also that the uh, the tone of like if he if it even did. <laughs> Yeah, it was very much like that. Like they, they don't believe that that's. Oh, what your first boyfriend? Oh, he choked you. Now you're. Now this guy's a murderer, huh? Okay, that's just disgusting. Yeah, okay. I hated her. No, silly Sally, often in L.A. to pretend, and then Sally's just calmly being like, "I need help, mom. What the fuck?" And she's like, "Don't yell at me." And then she, <laughs> like, this actress that I means who plays Sally, she was really she just expl- like on a yeah. dime. As soon as that line leads the actress's mouth, she's up and like screaming. And I was like, Whoa, it's clear that like these, as families often are, like they know very much how to push each other's buttons. Um, mm-hmm. And that's totally like not, yeah. I mean, that's not a, a good faith kind of thing, right? To be like, well, I can't even talk mm-hmm. to you if you're going to yell at me. And she very much wasn't, of course. But then that, and she must know, right? She's her literal mother. She obviously knows that's going to set her off. And now she is yeah, yelling. She- so now you can take the high ground of like, well, Look at you! You're, you're shouting incoherent. I can't even. I can't even be bothered. Goodbye. Yeah, I couldn't even hope to talk to you. It's like, come on, man! What are you doing? Terrible. Hate her. Hated that. She's truly awful. Absolutely dreadful. So then she just leaves. <laughs> she, she leaves immediately. I thought there would be more to that. Um, yeah. You know, I thought she'd. I, I think. I think in like a longer format, she would have stayed. Mm-hmm. I think I th- there's a couple plot points throughout this whole show where I'm like, if this was like a 10 episode hour long thing or even an eight episode hour long thing, they would stay in places longer and make and like make more of a meal out. But now because it's only half an hour and they only have eight, they only have four hours of content. Mm-hmm. It's like the cliff notes. Everything's like half as long to like be more efficient. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, then she goes back and she finds Kusano. Doesn't she visit Barry like, before that? I think so. She must. Yeah, because it's like a surprise that she's even there. Right. So she comes back to visit Barry, mostly because she's worried about um, herself. Yeah. Again, about like the guy they killed and being caught for that. And Barry kind of reassures her that. But it also kind of slips that despite everything, um, she doesn't actually hate him or anything. She Mm. says she still feels safe around him, Uh, which I guess kind of makes sense. Like he really didn't never. Well, he had that one moment last season, but in general, he wasn't really a bad boyfriend to her. Um, it was just the kind of thing which she is rightly, I think, upset about, which is that, was it even real? Like, because he's just lying yeah, the whole time and like putting on a facade, but he wasn't bad to her. So, I, no, no. Except for that one time when he just yeah. screamed at her in her work, but then he was going crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it kind of makes sense, especially with what we know about her history and the relationship she's had in the past that. Theirs wouldn't seem so bad. Yeah, because he like did things in his own way to help her. Mm-hmm. But um, and, well, and then he thing for her, right? Oh, and then like you said, no, she's yeah. she's she does Kusanau, and then she's like learns that he knew at least for the you know uh, for the duration of season three 
and didn't tell her. And it's like, yeah, that is pretty fucked. <laughs> mm, yeah. And he's kind of deflects off it. He's like, well, actually, we're both. Let's not turn against each other because we're both victims mm-hmm. here. He like worshipped us. And as actors, we couldn't say no to that. Which I guess is kind of I mean, he wasn't a pretty tough spot, obviously, when Barry told him he was going to yeah. kill his <laughs> son and grandson. So you can't blame him too much. But obviously, this is, season has um, kept up the idea that like Kusano's not the best guy either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Like in the idea that right. he was happy to, which we talked about with season three, like he's happy to go along with it once his career does start taking off. <laughs> and into this season, I, which I was kind of interested in, this doesn't actually hurt his career. The idea that, because I thought it was funny that the impetus for it all was like, look at he's such a good guy. He's helping out this vet. And now this, that very same guy, right, turns out to be a murderer. But now he's able to pivot right. into like, look, he helped stop this murderer. <laughs> what a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> I saved them. Either way, he's coming on top. Which is kind of funny. I thought. I think that's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Either way, he's able to just rake it all in. He's reaping the rewards of it all. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's kind of content to just bask in it. And again, the reason he didn't like tell Sally or even the reason he didn't turn Barry in earlier is all for it's for his own benefit, really, right? Yeah. He was like, I can pivot this. And then even when his family's safe, he's like, I still won't turn him in, even though I could be safe Mm -hmm. and like get away with it. Even now, um, if we want to switch to him, right? He's not content mm-hmm. to just leave good enough alone, right? Because now his thing is like, well, I need more neurology. I'm going to do this interview, right? Because we have um, Moss's father being like, oh, can you believe these guys trying to make a story out of such a, like, you know, this real life tragedy, right? They want to take my daughter's mm-hmm. death and make it into entertainment. Isn't that gross? And Kusino's like, oh, uh, yeah, I would never do that. Then he's over it's here totally like, <laughs> setting up secret... <laughs> meetings with reporters and things yeah like he's trying to set up the notes and then the guy beats him and goes jesus christ how'd you get so fast <laughs> i thought that was very drive a rocket I, yeah <laughs> would you drive a rocket ship and it was funny too because you notice he had like eight he had like he had so many. <laughs> so there's gonna be a rigmarole race <laughs> he was setting up a whole fucking scavenger hunt it wasn't just gonna be like one step of like okay go here and then there's a letter and then go here it was gonna be like <laughs> he was gonna have this guy driving all over the goddamn place yeah, it's sort of in LA traffic, just really wasting his time. Because like he didn't have them set up at all. Like I don't know, he was, he was gonna, his idea was to stay one step ahead of the guy. <laughs> very, funny. Yeah. very funny how poor all that out there was. Yeah, he's like an old man, so he can't move that fast. He can't. Uh, but then he takes him back to the thing and does this whole fucking show because of course he can't just do it. He has to make this man sit through his acting. <laughs> yeah, his like interpretive act. Isn't great. No, it's not. He's insane. He's also crazy and, and a fucking maniac. So I I gotta imagine this is gonna come back to bite him, right? Oh, definitely. Because the dad's gonna find out and be like, "What the fuck?" He's gonna scream at him in a garage. Yes. <laughs> Make him kill himself for whatever he did to that Vietnamese guy. <laughs> Love that. Um, who else? I guess the last one to touch on would be Noho Hank and Crystal Ball, who are like they're living in Santa Fe as they always dreamed, but it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They never mention it, but like they, they never directly say it. But that the opening scene of them where they're just sitting on their back porch, like looking out, and they're like, "Ah, look at this! This is the life!" And it's just a desert, <laughs> just empty sand, just <laughs> not not a view. It was so funny. Where I'm like, no one wants this. No one wants to live there. What the hell's wrong with you guys? <laughs> so their new thing, their new grift is going to be that they're going to be sand dealers. <laughs> We're going to illegally import sand and then pivot into actually illegal sand business um 
So they get who, who do they get on board? Who are these other guys? They get the Guatemalans okay. and the some I think some Asian. They don't. I don't think they ever say their names, or maybe they do. No, they definitely do. But it's run by. Let's see if I can get at it here. But their thing is, yeah, that they're gonna get into this. They're gonna uh, deal sand. They're gonna because they need a grift. Because I mean, they're they're mobsters, right? They got a mob. I guess. Yeah, mobsters got a mob. Um, and they got their relationship going on as well. But then Chris, which somehow not Christopher, um, Hank somehow they didn't know that um Barry was arrested. <laughs> kind of comes yeah, they surprise didn't him, and he's like, "Oh, we got to get Barry out, right?" Hmm. Um. Which causes some friction because Cristobal's like, why? Like, what? Especially from the angle of like, we're gonna be, um, we're gonna go legit, right? It's very strange. Yeah. That they're like that. Hank's like, we need a what we need is the the world's finest assassins, right? Yeah. <laughs> so very strange. Um, on all that, and I don't know. Do, what do you think it is? I feel like there are kind of hints throughout the whole show that like is Hank in love with Barry, kind of. I think I don't know. I think he. I think he just feels like he. I. I don't know. Or is it just he might be with Barry, or he might just really like him because he's the reason that he's in charge. They got something weird going on. Back yeah. and forth. Because he likes Barry. Cause I think he thinks Barry's cool. He does think Barry's cool. And like he even he wants to be like Barry. Even back to season he killed, one, right? He was like, "You're my best yeah. friend," and Barry's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, but he's like, "We got to break him out." And he's like, that's, that's so weird. We're not gonna we sh- we're not gonna organize like a prison break. That's that's very weird. It's like no, it's super easy. Those are the maps. It's a very easy prison break amount. It would be so easy. And they're arguing. I like their whole Dave and Buster's thing. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I gotta say, um, <laughs> the little presentation they're doing. They're like, I don't know. They're like, uh, what is what do you call it? Motivational speakers yeah. almost. Yes, with their little mics, and they they have this thing that they they pass each other around the table every time. They've like clearly rehearsed it. Yeah, absolutely, very funny. Um, and like the cut-ins where it's like, no more blood. You can't kill each other anymore. Can you say, oh, can we get a jalapeno powder for the table? <laughs> and then he's like, um, when they're in the little room, the little side room, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like we got a room for another hour. Come <laughs> yeah, on, we got that for was the whole hour. <laughs> But then when he he like springs the berry thing on him, he's like, "What?" And he's like, pulls him off. He's like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" And then I like the when it cuts and it's like they're they're even though they're covering up their mics, they're still very much audible because it's a tiny room and they're right there. You yeah. just hear them kind of like they're so close, to whisper other. screaming at each other. Uh, but then this episode ends with Noho Hank. What is that? What what clues him in? Someone calls him. Who calls him? Someone remember. calls Hank. Is it? Uh, oh, it's Fuchs, isn't it? Because Fuchs is mad at him because Fuchs thinks Barry's turning on him, um, but yes, I think I think it's Fuchs. And so he calls him, being like, "Barry's ratting on us." And so now Hank completely turns. He's like, "Ah, we gotta kill Barry." Um, and that's where we. Uh, that's where it is. Randolph. Uh, so yeah, but it, you know, I mean, that, just like that, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Oh yeah, just lickety split, fastly moving. Seven more weeks. So only six more weeks, right? How's how do you figure? No, it's. Uh, the episode guide. Oh, six more weeks. You're right. Not seven. Six. I said a quarter. You're right. What's what? What do you think? What is a quarter? No, you're right. You're right. Making sure my numbers are right here. <laughs> is there a break? Is there some kind of gap week I'm not aware of? I don't think there Incredible. is. Incredible. So there you go. Um, I don't know. We any bold prediction for the rest of the season? I mean, it's weird. Everyone's having a bad time. Is this gonna? Is this show gonna end well for anyone? Oh no. I guess if there's anyone not- who we compare season one to now. Um, I guess Kusanov's still doing pretty good, but I think it's going to blow up in his face, like we talked about, because he's being 
fast mm. and loose with it. Yeah, and he's also going on trial. He's about to. He's going to appear before Barry in court. Who knows how that'll go? Oh yeah, that'll be. Uh, that's probably going to be an episode. It's probably going to be like the court episode or something. Um, but then like Sally's in a weird spot. I mean, like she had it and lost it all. Barry kind of had it and lost it all. I guess Cristobal and Hank are doing just fine, but now they're going to want to get back into it, right? They couldn't. They also couldn't just leave good enough alone. And now Barry's like, yeah, going to rat on them. I don't know. I don't see this ending very well for anyone. It's like, I mean, it's it's a dark show at times. So, oh, absolutely, it is. And you said you think Barry's just gonna die, and I, I'm inclined to agree. I don't see anything else. I, I don't see a scenario where he gets the happy ending off in the sunset, where he, him and mm-hmm. uh, Sally get off on witness protection and just get to chill. Yeah, I, I think, I think there's gonna be some sad things. I don't think. I, I think Barry's the only one. Who, maybe Hank will die. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but. Yeah, at the very least, it's going to be uh, Barry. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree, but we'll see how it keeps going. It's a good time, though. I don't know if it's a good time. Well, it's a good yeah, show. It's a good I like show. the show. It's a good show, yeah. There's some laughs to be had, but also some... Ooh. <laughs> a lot of sads. Like that scene where he's in the like freaking out in the bathroom, and then he's just like... That guard nice guard that Yeah, trying to be genuine. Like, the nicest prison guard apparently ever is employed at this prison and he's like listen it'll be all right buddy you can figure that you're in the marines you can't be that bad of a guy which is all barry's ever wanted to hear is people telling me he's not yeah. actually a bad person and this guy does it and he's like i'm gonna kill your family <laughs> what i'm a cop killer I'm, and then he just takes out a stick and beats him which like fair enough man i don't know i mean like i'm not sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do police brutality or whatever but like what do you what do you think was gonna happen barry <laughs> Come on, very use your noggin. Use the old thinking cap. A guard's family and expect that to go well for you, an unarmed prisoner. Very. This is America. The cops suck. The cops are gonna get your fucking ass, frog dog. So it's tough times for everybody this season. Of Barry. Tough time. You got anything else? We're gonna. I know. All right. All right. Act taking to Dave. The other show named after the main yeah. character's first name. And the white guy. Or is it? Or is it? This one, we know we know um, very clearly what this one's short for. It's short for David. Or David Yante. Dave Tholomew. What? Not Dave Tholomew? No, not Dave Tholomew. Damn. Or, I'll get it next time. I got nothing. <laughs> or Dave Yante, depending who you ask. Dave Yante, that's a good enough. That's a that's different enough. Well, that's in the show. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so us. you're all caught up now, so we can talk about the first four episodes of season three of Dave. Incredible. Overall, how are you, you feeling so far? Feeling pretty good. Um, I think overall he's I don't know, he's still as neurotic as ever, but he's, he's never not gonna be neurotic, Jack. That's true, but I feel like I don't know. I always think he's gonna tone it down a little bit. That's not his that's not the stuff he needs to work on though, to me. Like those that's true. Him, flaws. Right. It's his hate yeah, I, I know, yeah, besides being like all like ah, like all his long, eloquent monologues he goes on, I think he is getting like, you know, I, I can tell he's getting better. Like not being a oh, dick. Oh yeah, his the big things that we've yeah. seen in the first two seasons were more his in terms of character flaws he needed to work on. Right, it was like the uh, narcissism stuff mostly. I think yeah. that is being is yeah he's improving. I think he's better to his friends in this season from what we've seen, and he's got some some genuine growth moments and stuff as well, even just within the season. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we can just run them down by down because Dave's kind of a bit of an anthology more, right? Um, yeah, episodic. So. Uh, Starts in Texas. Yeah, Texas is the, the premiere. So coming off the end of last season, right? They're on tour. That's the whole premise. 
we're we're on tour this season. So the first one, they're in the uh, titular Texas, <laughs> and uh, has it? Well, it starts with him having sex with a groupie in a hotel room. Oh, yeah. First song of of the season. People have ta- dubbed it "Baby." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Charms good. "Baby" with "Baby" for the whole the whole bit. That's fun, and um, it sets up the kind of a big theme for this season, which is a it's his tour is called the Looking for Love Tour, and it's because he's genuinely looking for love, and he's struggling with like how he does that as like a pseudo celebrity now, and like dealing with people who just want to have like these casual flings and stuff, but he's trying to get a real relationship and all this, and how does that work? Mm-hmm. In, in in the modern day, right? As yeah. he says in the song, "This is life when you're young and wild." <laughs> mm. I yeah, one thing in if I'm interesting right at the beginning after the song is over at the gas station, he just pulls his dick out right on the side of the road. <laughs> he did do that. Like just dropped a trow, and I was like, "Why would he do that?" He's a weirdo. He is a weirdo. He's a strange guy, man. Why is he tanning his dick? Like, why? Why would you do? Why would you do any of that? I mean, you're a strange guy. Is the answer, but he's a very strange person, Dick. He's kind of. He's just, he's a goofy little guy. I gotta admit. What are you gonna do? I mean, that's life sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> you know, you're right. When you're right, you're right. That is just life. Um. So they go to Texas. He's not actually doing a show. It's just a Gata show. But um, Gata gets him to come on stage, and then afterwards, basically, this episode is he's talking to a girl, and she's like, "I don't even know who you are," and he's like, "Oh, this is refreshing because everyone else is all has expectations of me because they think of me as a larger than life celebrity guy." So. This will be fun. He's hanging out her with her all night. Um, they're weird friends. They're, they're weird, drunk, weird drunk Texas friends. Uh, but then it comes out basically, right, that she did know who he was the whole time, and she was lying to him uh, because she knew that's what he wanted to hear, and this disheartens him. And then her friends are like assaulted, basically, which is wild, wild scene. Um, yeah. Then he he's running around nude in Texas. Um, <laughs> He kind of like a hillbilly guy with like a sniper rifle, which is I thought was very fun. Yeah, standing his ground. He's like, I'll stay my ground, you stand your ground. <laughs> that was really, that what? was very funny scene. I thought. Yeah, and it's nothing. It's never like they never draw attention to the fact that this dude just has like a massive like sniper rifle because it's just kind of it's just accepted, right? This is America. You, yeah. just, you get that sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, especially in Texas, the heart, Texas like, and I think it's world Texas. It's so funny because he's living in a trailer park. But he's, yeah. he's living in a trailer, but he's got a big ass gun. I thought it was very good. It cost hundreds of thousands of the hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars, surely. And yeah, you're right. When he's like, "I'll stand my ground," he's saying, and he's like, "I don't think that's how what that means." Yeah, uh, I thought that was very like good. The, the fan gives him a his head of a bust of him made of concrete that he <laughs> throws in the trash immediately. What do you think of that? I thought that was. I was like, oh, you could have just don't just don't throw it, just discreetly throw it out. Have some class. He tried to like swish it. He did it like a basketball yeah. shot, but it was concrete, so it didn't go very far. Very funny. Yeah. She was like, "I'm trying to get into the game too." He's like, uh, "You know, anything's possible." <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can follow. You can follow your heart. Um. Yeah, that's a very good joke. I like when they in the in that opening when he's. Having sex with a girl and then his condom comes off and he's freaking out. And like the line where she's like, "I'll just take the, I'll take the morning after pill." He's like, "Oh, love the tech now." <laughs> Whatever he says. <laughs> he's like, "Thank God for the tech now." Yeah. Gate is cool. I like when Gate after his show, he's like all sleepy and he's like, "What's going on? We're, we're supposed to hang out." Is my? And he's like, "Were you? Were you sucked?" Yeah. He's yeah. like, "I'm going to bed." Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Gator. Come on. Mad, mad respect um, for the boy Gator, though. I mean, you got to. Shout out to him. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, it's not too much else. This At the end, he gets like jerked off by a masseuse. Yeah, he ends up on his wanderings here because he doesn't even have his phone. He, le- he leaves his phone back there. He ends up stumbling upon like a, yeah, a massage parlor where they evidently are into, you know, they'll supply you a, a happy ending, I guess. And he's like, ah, this is my chance. And he does the weird thing that Dave, Dave Bird has talked about in interviews and stuff I've seen. That's a true to life thing. He's bend his dick back. Out his dick. Yeah, he's way into it. <laughs> he says that's his favorite thing to do. Huh. Other than anything else, actually. I've always... I mean, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, it's, I find it so hard to tell where the line between whatever character he's doing and whatever the real man is. It's... Yeah. Weird. It's like... But... I hope it's because it's like... You don't have to share everything know, right? about your he's life. Like, he's, that's the bigger thing. It's not even just that he's weird. Because we're all weird. If you lay it all out, right? Who among us isn't weird? Yeah. You know, we're quite we're quite a couple of strange fellows. That's life, though. It's just the fact that he's willing to just tell everyone all of it that you're just like, whoa, whoa, it's <laughs> a lot. All right. So then episode two, right? Called Harrison Aff. I absolutely love this episode. That's very good. I think it's one of the best of the whole show, really. I'd say you so. Think so. You agree? Yeah, it's Dave in Philadelphia, which is a bit of a wild jump. Texas to Philadelphia. Yeah. Cool, yeah, though, baby. They're all over the place. That's true. <laughs> Never. Especially. Never stop. Actually, never if you stop consider it. where they go in the next two episodes. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no rhyme. Yeah, it's kind of like wherever. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, uh, that's all right. It's, it's more of an anthology anyway. Um, so he's shooting a music video in Philadelphia in his house, in his parents' house, mm-hmm. of like his first love, which is a girl he knew in like middle school. He was like friends with, and like was always in love with, but like never kind of gave him the time of day, and they like. And it basically embarrassed him. He was like kind of fucked with him. Yeah, he was very friend zoned and embarrassed by it all. And yeah, traumatized. I would agree. And that's what the whole song's about. But the episode is about the music video itself as well. It's just like inside baseball. Like the whole episode is they got this one day to shoot it all. And so the episode opens with just it happening, just the scene playing out. And then it there's like this hard cut where it's like, oh, this was a music video they're filming. And so then he's there and it's, you know, it's everything, right? It's the, yeah, he's got to do. There's a bunch of problems. They got to troubleshoot. It's the camera, like the Dave directing, and the all the different issues that might arise from a film yeah, set. I guess a music video kind of set. And he's uh, the big. A big part of it is that he's got his. He's too involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like he just can't. He he's uh, wanting to control every part of the process. He doesn't want. He's not willing to delegate basically anything. Yeah, he can't anyone make any other choice. He's like, well, it's it's my story. It's got to be perfect. Like, what are you talking about? And so, because he wants to control everything, he's like not able to d- do anything because when he makes it so that every decision is going through him, like nothing is getting done. Nothing can get done. Yeah. And then it, it's some, they're like, oh, we need like the, the one of the big conflicts of the episode that drives the further kind of the whole point is uh, there's a where like there's like a doing a preteen thing. And the preteen version of him, because he's doing it throughout his life, can't like shoot anymore because of like the acting rules. <laughs> yeah, the school thing. And, the school thing, and they're like, "Fuck, we can't use him." And they can't use him because they're still going to use what's it, what's the name Brittany. of the girl? Brittany. There's like a younger version of the girl, Brittany, who he was in love with, and he's like, "Well, no one wants to watch me, Dave Bird, a 30 year old man, like be kind of weird and like that with a kid. And, like that's just strange. We're not going to do that." And he's going to use other actors. He's like, ah, "I don't want to use him." He's like. He thinks he's an animal. He thinks he's just being like weird and horny. He's like, I don't want to use him. He's terrible. He is weird and horny. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird and horny kid. 
Uh, and then his childhood friend, who like it, it's based on, shows up, and then Elsa's on. Elsa obviously knows her and is like, "You're like whipped by her. Like you're gonna." She walks all over you. And he's like, "No, no, you're stop it. I'm don't shut up." So he, she like kind of finagles her way into the video. They're just being like, "Hey, woo! It's about us. Come on, I should be in this." He's like, "That's oh, perfect because it fixes my problem." But then it only causes more problems for him because he's kind of trying to hide what the song's about. Yeah. Because it does not paint her in a very generous light. It's kind of like a, a like a takedown of. And her. as it goes, you see that Els is maybe right to a degree. Yeah, she does clearly have like a degree of I don't know. I guess control over it, like sway yeah. in his mind or something. He doesn't ever want to like challenge her on anything, and is like, yeah, I don't know. He's he is still kind of like friend zoned or whatever you'd call it. I don't know. I don't know the exact. He's being a simp. He's being a, <laughs> he is being a bit simpy, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, his parents are there. They also need to be in the video to play his parents, but they're having a rough time. <laughs> yeah, because they're his parents and they just can't get anything in. weird too, just like him at times. His mom eats the... Uh, what does she eat? Oh, her earring. <laughs> no, she eats the, like, um, the earpieces. Uh, yeah, her hearing. I thought it was her hearing. Uh, no, no, I don't think they're hearing. I think they're for, like... Um, uh, I thought they were for like for the set, like three years, like to contact her to like play the music in her ear. Maybe I thought it was literally her hearing aids, but oh, maybe it was. Regardless, she eats them, which is very, very funny. funny. So they're doing the whole thing. I do like that. Like you know, there's like whatever five something minutes of song. Oh, yeah, of, like, song. Basically, you basically get the whole song, which is kind of cool. Um, mm. It's a very, I mean, it's a very little Dicky esque song. He knows what he's doing, he's... man. Somehow they nail it every time. I don't know what that's about, but man. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 it, it would seem impossible really for him to get it so get it so close to his style yeah, every single time. It's like he's in the mind of this artist. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's really a feat to watch. Um, but the whole energy in this episode is like crazy though. You mentioned oh, it, yeah. and I and I saw other people say similar thing that it's like it's generally kind of um a little anxiety inducing to watch because it just is so frenetic and like nonstop. Oh yeah. And it, it's very tight and claustrophobic and everything seems to go wrong. The like one guy can't smell lacquer. <laughs> Such a weird. It's like a, it's a comical. I was digging to deal with. Yes, he's like, I gotta go, and he's he leaves. An addiction to like huffing chemicals, I guess, like a genuine. Yeah, one. like furniture-related chemicals. This guy was a great furniture maker, but it, it ruined just, me. They keep just lacquered in here, and he's like, "What? <laughs> I can smell it. If I if I if I see long, I'll be I'll be right behind the dumpster of, of a furniture store." He's like, well, I don't, I don't want that. You can say that night. I mean, it'll be great for you, but I can, like, I don't know. I'll help you. So then he can't watch the playbacks because, yeah. like, they're very union with that kind of stuff. So only he could have played them. So it's like he's forced to, like, just be all right with it. He tell the one, like, I don't know if he's the director, or, like, the AD, whoever the guy he's talking to, he's, like, getting very, very annoyed. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ. We're going outside, I guess. There's also, like, a PA woman who's also, yes, she's around. And it's just, yeah, it's just nonstop issues. It's also straining his um, relationship with Emma to a degree because she's supposed to be the director of this episode. Or this, mm. not this episode, but the uh, music, music video, which is kind of cool. It's a bit of a resolution from them last season. Um, you know, I guess we never really see it, right? But, I, you know, mm. you can kind of put two and two together, right? It seems like they probably worked some of their stuff out. Where he's like, yeah, you know what, get it, come on, be a part of this thing too, right? Um, so she's directing, but he's not letting her, basically, again. Like he's too controlling for most of this episode, so that's that's a further wrinkle to it. Um, and then yeah, basically it just all unfolds until it gets to the very end, right? And yeah. it really starts to take shape, and Brittany realizes what 
the music video is basically trying to say. And it's not painting her in a super good light. Like it's painting her as like yeah. that kind of I guess idea where she kind yeah, of used them to get an affection yeah, yeah. and then when she couldn't when she got what she wanted, he kind of just was like pushed him aside. Like she was like, Oh, my boyfriend's not gonna take me to prom. I'll we should go to prom. And then he shows up and actually we're back together and then he's just alone yeah. and he like ruins said, him and then they, this idea of this kind of dynamic that can happen sometimes where both people know what's going on. They don't really dress it, but she kind of keeps him around for the like validation, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. it's an easy, val- yeah, easy validation. And she picks up on this, and she's like, not into it at a certain point. And he's like, well, this is true. This is how it happened. And she's like, kind of, but also, like, you didn't put- want to put in the song the fact that we did date. And he's like, well, we only dated for a month or whatever. She's like, I don't know, man. I had a lot going on. I had my own life. And she talks about like her was their parents, right? Or, like, yeah, her emotional problem and. She, oh, did she say she was cutting herself? Like, yeah, she did, yeah. He's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you never know, right? That's kind of the whole point of this episode. Yeah. I think. He never asked. Well, yeah, he never asks, which he, is a whole thing with him, right? That we've seen in the previous seasons at times is that he is, again, he's so, he can be so self-centered at times that he doesn't know. Like he was like that with Allie. He's clearly like that with Brittany to some extent. It was like that with his parents. He was like that with Gata. Yeah, with Gata, with his parents, everyone. He has this thing where he doesn't he doesn't know people's problems because he doesn't care to ask at times. And so when he's like, oh, well, I didn't know you were dealing with all that. It's like, yeah, how could you? Right? That's the thing. It's, I think you, you never know, right? Mm. Yeah, you can't, can't really know. So, yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. you just, I think you just can't take that I'm over you. Look at, I'm, I'm doing so well for myself. And then she's like, dude, we're shooting this whole music video about me. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the first love that you had. You clearly are still talking about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I I think now like that scene, like I obviously did see it. For, oh, what is her? I just forgot her name. Brittany. Brittany. I don't know why. I thought Carol. I don't know why. Brittany. Obviously, like that sort of like Dave not asking, but also I don't know that whole ending section really shitty to do to someone especially someone who's your friend so it's like i don't know him being upset about that i mean granted he's 30 he should probably be over by now but this is one time where i'm like i don't think dave's totally in the wrong here but i think he's taking it as this show does too yeah. far he's got two in the week i don't think it's necessarily wrong to be upset by that especially at that time but yeah the mm-hmm. fact that whatever 15 years later it's still so big yeah. in his life that he is like, I gotta shoot it this way. Like, it has to be the man. Like she didn't do it to him, right? It wasn't her fault even then. And again, the fact that they what because he didn't date her, she didn't date him. That's also like that's not a that's not anything wrong that she did to him, right? That's not how life works. Like, come on, yeah. So I yeah I totally saw it from her perspective. I I will say that like it you still get weird vibes from her throughout the episode, right? That some of that still does seem to be true that she like. Seems it seems like she knows she can manipulate him and does at points. Yeah, that see, but that's what that's what I felt weird to me because I was like, I don't know. It feels like, yeah, like she's willingly doing it, or she is just a. Or she could just be oblivious. That's the other thing, right? Like she like doesn't think she's actually manipulating him truly, and just like, well, I want to hang out with you. Yeah, my she's just being genuine, and he just can't. He can't stand up to her at all, or whatever. But that's not her fault, right? So I could see that too. Yeah, Jack. Okay. Yeah, I was sorry. Um. So then she leaves. She storms out, and he's like, "You know what? Shit, I'm gonna actually think about this for a minute. (laughs) Maybe I have been a bit wrong." And so he revises the end of the song to mention the fact that they did wait for a while, and it didn't work out. But that's life, and it was still a big deal for him. 
Because what did he say? Yeah, he said I deserve to be. Yeah, loved. he says he's like I had what I had, and I and it was what it was, and he realizes that I he yeah I am who I am, and I was worthy of love, and it's like yeah, that's a good message still, right? Didn't all work mm, out, yeah. but like that's life sometimes, and it still was an important moment for him along whatever his 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 life and development of life and everything. And then he's the mm. evolution of man. They do the evolution of man. With all the, it's the evolution of man. It's the evolution of man. And then they get the really tall guy, the seven foot pods, yeah, and he's it, like, I'm still evolving. <laughs> so that's fun, it, right? It, yeah, it's funny because, like, the one, it gets to a point where, like, the one kid actor for him is, like, as tall as he is. And then it's the seven foot one. So it's like, <laughs> it, it, it like plateaus and then it shoots up. Um, else, and also at the end, he has the moment where he's like, "Sorry, Emma, you actually can just direct this," and she does, and he's like, "I do trust you." So it kind of works out. Yeah, but yeah, I think this episode's just great. I think like, uh, cin- cinematically wise, like it's just shot really well. I feel um, mm-hmm. those those scenes that are all claustrophobic and crazy and heck, there's also like long one shot almost scenes, right? Tons oh, yeah. of those where it's just like it just keeps going. There's not lots of like breaks. Or camera switches even and stuff. And um, yeah, I think the writing of... I think it's like a self-contained little episode. It all works as like, he's got a good little arc and he's like, oh shit, I never thought of it like that. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I guess if I actually take the time to re-examine my position here on this issue from when I was 15 <laughs> through the lens of a being an adult, you might actually be like, oh, it's not... It isn't that simple, right? Um, right. So I thought yeah. that was cool. I think it's cool. And uh, the actress who is... Who does Britney in this is like she's someone relatively notable. I don't know if I've ever seen her and stuff, but let's see. Let's bring it up real quick. I thought she was pretty good. Oh, yeah. uh, Taylor Miss. Oh no, wait, that's Taylor. That's Allie. I'm sorry. She's not even in this episode. <laughs> Why the fuck did was she in the credits? Jane Levy is her name. She's in. Oh, that always good. extraordinary playlist. I guess I've heard of that show, but I've never watched it. But I'm, I know of that show. So there you go. Um, season or episode three. What do we got? This is called Hearsay. It's- yeah, it's Atlanta. They're in Atlanta, Atlanta this time. which Texas to Philadelphia to Atlanta. I don't know about all that. Yeah, it seems like you're wasting gas. Seems like you could have made a couple pit stops. Yeah, right. Well, it feels like Atlanta was makes sense before Philadelphia from Texas. I would say but so. What do I know? What do so, we know? Also, it's just vaguely Texas and not like a city. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it too much. They probably stay where they um, were. What do you think? They probably do. So they're in Atlanta. So Gator used to live in Atlanta before he lived in L.A. So that's a factor. Okay. He knows people. He's got his old friends and stuff hanging around. Um, Gata, or Dave, for most of this episode, is paranoid about the fact that, uh, what's he called? Killer Mike, Mike has tweeted about him, and he's taken it. He doesn't know how to take it. Yeah. And they are hanging out with Rick Ross. And Rick Ross yeah, and strip club <laughs> gives him a chain. chain. And he's like, oh my God. And he's like, that's, a, that's like a quarter million dollar chain, and it's a lot of responsibility. And then Rick Ross just leaves. Like, He's got his chain, right? And then they're mugged, <laughs> basically, and they steal the chain, and it's a whole issue. It's all debacle. Because and the whole time, like Dave's like, "Gator, hey, we gotta go to the police. We gotta do it this way." And Gator's like, "Just calm down. I know how to do this. I can. There's a way we can do this quickly and easily without having to make a bunch this of noise." Is my this is my realm of expertise. All right. Yeah. And they navigate it pretty well. Like they just kind of. Rick Cross calls him at one point, just like, "You better bring it back." <laughs> Punk. come on what the hell he's i don't know why little diggy's like we were robbed yeah we were literally mugged i didn't give that away yeah he i don't know why he doesn't say that at all get into some sleuthing but they like determine based off the one of the things that guy's wearing they like track it back to a store get knows that guy too so they're talking to him and then they fall into there's like a couple leads and they end up getting figuring out who the guys are and so 
other. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we'll do it if we'll give it back if you get us a, a verse with Rick Ross for our for our yeah. respective rap careers. And they have a verse for Rick Ross from from Rick Ross from uh, what's his name Benny Blanco that Gato was going to use, and Gato was going to try to talk Rick Ross into it and let him use it and actually um, put it in one of his songs. So he's reluctant, but. Dave's like, well, come on. This is obviously more important for me. And Gator, of course, is like, all right, man. I guess you're right. Got to help you out here because that's what Gator's all about. He's a good friend like that. He's a homie. And Dave takes advantage of that. And then they uh, get there. But it turns out the guys aren't that bad. And they just have a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, they, they hang out. They, they Instead of giving the Rick Ross Dave's verse, like, I'll um, give you a verse with little Dicky. That's clearly better than <laughs> Rick Ross. They they have a good reason though. They, it kind of ties in the earlier because they mentioned because when Little Dicky doesn't know who really know why Killer Mike is kind of going at him, and they mentioned Gata's friend whose name I can't remember. It's like oh you know he's really like important in the community because he is the one like campaigning that you can't get in trouble for things you say in your songs. Like your songs are the things that you've done. So Gata's like if you use Little Dicky, he's like goofy and silly, and you cannot get charged because it's like well I have this goofy Little Dicky verse, so our whole song isn't supposed to be taken seriously. Like talking about guns and violence and whatever we talk about isn't actually true to what we are doing. It's just a thing we're singing about, and so it works. Uh, so it works out for them. They're like, "That's a good idea," and they all become friends. And they're like, oh, <laughs> "I like the joke when he's like, I'm trying to bring back the old school kind of, the old school kind of flow." He's like, "People have, <laughs> people haven't really explored it, you know." <laughs> My name's Dave, and I'm here to say <laughs> it's the whitest thing ever. It's like, come on, Dave. <laughs> it's so good, and they're like, "Bro," and he's like, "Nah, shut up, Clive." Put it, play it first. Put it up. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> he, this uh, is the song for this episode, isn't it? Hearsay. Yes, it is. There's a little bit of a rap, which is fun. It's pretty good. That would be H E A R S A. That is hearsay, Jack. Oh yeah, hearsay. Uh-huh. And then it's revealed that uh, because they follow them on Instagram, and it's revealed that the guys who mug them are friends with Gator's friends. Yeah, I got it. But they know each other, and he's like, "That's weird." And he's like, "Stretch, oh, damn it." Yeah, got me stretch. Stretch. Stretch, he sees that they're mutual friends on Instagram, and Gata's like, "Why would that be?" And then he's like, "Oh no!" So then Gata goes to talk to us, and he's like, "I know what you did." And he's like, "Bro, come on, they give me money." He's like, "Mm-mm." And so Gata's really beat up about this, and he like cuts him off. He says, "We're done. Like we're not friends. We don't. No, we're done anymore." Dave says hi to Usher, right? He does in, a, in the worst way possible. <laughs> weird, weird, neurotic weirdo. He just can't. You can't talk to a single human being normally. He's like, what'd you, what'd you say? Like, Usher's about ready to fight. And he, like, he brings it back down. He's like, so what do you think I should do about this? And, you know, he's like, I don't know. You probably just got to fight. <laughs> like, I don't want to fight anyone. He's like, couldn't we just talk about it? He's like, well, he's really smart. So yeah, he's going to beat you in a, in a discussion. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, but then Rick Ross is at the party. So they got to give the chain back. And then he's like, this is your chance, Gator. You can get on it. But Gator's like, oh, I'm too down, man. I don't know if I can do it. I'm all beat up over this thing. And uh, he's like, no, man. And so he hypes him up for once. Which is a nice he, moment. he finally gives returns the favor. Like, Listen, you do this for me all the time. I'm do it for you, man. We gotta, this is what we got to do. You're the best. You're the man kind of thing. And he's like, you know what? I am the man. Let's do it. Which is a cool moment for them. And then they go over and they, they figure it out. And then they, they do a bit of a dance at the end. They have a little dance party. A little, little fun little dance party. Everyone Everyone's a good having time. a good time. Emma's there. What's his name? They're all, They're there. all there. Mike and Els are there. there. They have a little bit of a scene. Is this the same episode where he gets his haircut? That yes. was nice. So there's little, there's like a two minute long B plot where Emma and what's his name, Els and, Els Mike. and Mike are hanging out on the bus, and then he's like, 
it somehow comes up that he owes them all money. He's like, actually, I owe everyone money. I owe my parents money. I owe you guys money because I don't make any. I haven't made any money off of like any of the songs that I've made. And so uh, Mike orders a barber for him because he's like, I haven't even got my hair cut, and it's like an important thing to me, but I can't afford it anymore. And so he gets a haircut for him. And it's just a nice little moment, mm-hmm. which I thought was sweet. They're just they're all good friends, you know. It's just nice. Oh yeah. Does have friends they look out Isn't for? That nice. That's the nice thing about TV shows, like sitcoms and stuff. Is just like because of the nature of TV shows, everyone's just like friends, and they're just always in each other's lives, like every day. Yeah, they can't escape each other. But it's nice. It's like, oh look it. I wish I was could see my friends every day. That's not life though, Jack. That's not. No, some of your friends die in the war. <laughs> That's honestly. That's... I feel like people say that about friends, right? that there's just like part of the appeal of friends is just this fantasy of like look at all of our friends live together and are just cool and we just hang out and always are hanging out wouldn't that be nice to live in a fantasy so that's cool they're they're just like why wouldn't you bring all of your friends on tour for no reason (laughs) yeah and they all you just hire them to do the specific tasks so you can like pay them super fun um season or episode four wisconsin they're in wisconsin now jack what is this that's way back over there what the hell are they doing should have gone from philadelphia you get it nonsense uh this one ali shows up she joins the tour she comes and, and hangs out for a trip because she has this fun college friend person who lives in wisconsin yeah who she wants to hook up with because her boyfriend or whoever she's with right now probably the guy from last she doesn't like yeah probably jim. jim has broken up with her he's like i'm not ready for a relationship at the moment sorry and she's all upset about this so she's like i'm gonna go hang out with them we're gonna have a good time i'm gonna meet up with this guy we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time uh, also, Dave is meets up with Chloe Bennett. She's an agent of Shield, right? Shield, yeah. Okay, that is the same. I was like, this is the same. Photographer, I couldn't remember. photography with them, but they kind of hit it off, and and sparks fly. And there's something to that. So they have a thing to like, and basically the whole episode is just cutting back between the two of them and their respective mm-hmm. uh, little trysts here, right? Yeah. And Allie's thing is that. Seems to be going pretty well, and he's receptive to it all. But she realizes she's not into it. Yeah, she can't go she through. She calls it. it off, kind of thing, because uh, she's not. She realizes she's not. She's not built for that, right? She doesn't want to do these like one off, one night stand type scenarios. And then Dave's thing is that they seem to be going pretty well and hit it off. But then she's like, "So you know, have to head out, right?" <laughs> yeah, and it seems like she also is not interested in a long term type scenario. Well, I thought it was that he makes that like he just assumes they're not going to be. Maybe. Oh, well, yeah, it's not he, super clear. I guess. He's and he's wrong in assuming. Which that. is kind of what she calls him. He's like, right? Yeah. Is this idea of like you didn't? Yeah, there could have been something there, and you just kind of stuck your foot in your mouth. In all episodes, they kind of yeah. point out that like he's he's being too picky with these people and these like mm-hmm. relatively minute flaws that some of these women have that he's picking apart and deciding are like deal breakers are kind of weird and excessive. Right. Well, he won't ever, like Alice says at the end, he won't let anybody be human. Um, yeah, I guess that's uh, I guess. Yeah, I wish Mike did more. He doesn't do a lot. He's been doing a lot the whole show. The whole season, right? Yeah. Yeah, or like last season, either. He only had like that one thing. You think so? Where he like, had pretty good last season. I, he did all right. We had that episode where it was his birthday and he's kind of just alone. Right. Well, that was a like um, focus. Oh, he had a big part in that, yeah. but it, just in general, he was around like doing stuff, just being the manager and whatnot. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I feel like everybody kind of had an episode last season where they like got to give it to Dave. Yeah. And Mike hasn't really. I don't think Mike has had that chance yet to be like, stop 
acting like this. You need to stop. Well, I kind of said, like said the same thing about Emma, where she didn't really have a moment directly. But again, it's kind of feels like they patched it up That's anyways. True. And I think I said I think Mike's kind of the same way, maybe because he was not going to come on tour with them, right? And now he has. So either they just hand over that away or between the moment where he was like, hey, guys, I just want you to know, I really do appreciate you. I'm sorry I don't say it enough. And then maybe other stuff. They've kind of improved improved that maybe. I don't know. I see what you mean, though. For sure. to me. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of the season is like the big theme, right? Is him trying to explore like relationships outside of this, right? Yeah, what do you want to do? He's trying to make new relationships. So less time for the... Well, because obviously like L's and... Emma and stuff, not as much either, right? So, even Gata, this episode was like not really around because it was all about scenes. I think that's all right, though. I mean, like we said, it is more of like an episodic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I, just, I'm, I brought it up again, and I think you're right. I guess I. So, the moment that happens is she's like, I wish you wouldn't leave. And he's like, Oh, it's all right, though, because you can date whoever afterwards. So, I think what happens is basically she is probably receptive to maybe continuing it, right? Well, yeah, and then that, he just kind of is like, implies to her that it's like a soft rejection of her right of like oh yeah, yeah i'm leaving but then you can do whatever but not not with me though but like with whoever <laughs> and she's like oh yeah, i don't so, care you're totally yeah, so oh so he doesn't want to continue this and that's why okay yeah so he really did just kind of fuck it up there i think yeah they talked about how he falls asleep by pretending he's like <laughs> running from the nazis that's real that was the thing where i'm like it would not surprise me if this is a real thing that dave bird does yeah i wouldn't su- i hope it's not that's it's so Insane, right weird it's deranged i love that that was very funny i mean the fact that that didn't scare off right then and there yeah i'm like what if someone says to me i'd be like what are you ta- wait hold on what are you talking about I don't know how seriously i can What's take it? them going forward right yeah <laughs> It'd be insane i'd be like what i'd be like because yeah. she's you're, you're that gotta be fake that's like too far it's like you've you've maxed she correctly out. observes that he's like a neurotic weirdo and she's like how do you even sleep with all these insane like thoughts that you have going on at all times how do you even like sleep at night and he's like oh let's see what i do is <laughs> and then i'm a cold little jewish boy escaping the nazis <laughs> and i fall asleep in a barn and i'm so yeah and that gets you to sleep in a totally not weird and neurotic way well i think he probably has some degree of ocd and stuff oh absolutely it's all kind of the same thing and then it ends with the two of them like lamenting their failed uh little relationships here right but mm-hmm. then Gata shows up. He's like, "Look, I've brought some girls back for you." <laughs> and Dave's like, "Well, I guess I gotta go at least say hi to him." And she's like, oh, "Yeah, me okay. Gaten brought him all the way here. Gave him very explicit instructions. I'd hate them go to waste." <laughs> she's kind of a weird moment. I mean, uh, intentionally so, right? And Ellie's like, "Huh?" And uh, she just she's going through it herself a bit, I guess. I don't know. What do you What do you take from all this? That. I'm getting vibes like maybe they'll get back together. I mean, that's kind of, the, but is that too? I feel like that. I don't think they. I feel like they won't because he says like, "Oh, I'm glad you didn't get back together with me because I it was bad. Like I should, like if I had done it, it would have been a bad decision for me because I was so like crazy about yeah. it." When that's it feels too simple, right? Too obvious of just like ah, and yeah. they get back together and they're happy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess I wouldn't. I, here's the thing, right? So I think I think Allie is probably based on a real person in his life. Like the same, maybe the same person he wrote. Um, what's that song called? You know the one. Oh, um, yes, the sad song he has about the, the girl. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think this I idea know. of like this person that he left behind, he chose his career over her, kind of thing. So it, on the one hand, it feels mm-hmm. weird to me if they just kind of wrote it in where it's like, and they end up happy together. But it also 
maybe as a form of like, well, this isn't real life, so maybe they could end up, you know, maybe things could end up differently kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I guess she just can continue to stick around as a side character, right? Like in the way they all are, where their their lives aren't completely tied to Dave, right? Right, yeah. She could find happiness elsewhere, but this episode just seems to suggest that she's she's struggling with it as much as he is, basically. Or maybe even more so. Right, yeah. Because he talks about how like he's not into these hookups and stuff, but then also he does seem to do it a fair amount, right? You can't get enough like, of it. In the in the opening scene, and then this girl, and then maybe at the end of this episode too, where it's like, yeah, he talks a big game about how he's looking for a girlfriend or whatever and, and all that, but then when push comes to shove, he also is happy to not. Like, He'll take what he can get, really. So... He's he's living this like you know wraparound tour kind of lifestyle to a degree. So it's interesting. I don't know. I wonder how much more she'll be in this season here. Like this I think she's in. It kind of implies that she's not hanging around, right? Like she just came out from the right. show for the specific sort of thing. I mean, she flew out. Perhaps right? like I, she flew. She might. I, mean, I wouldn't be. I think it could go either way. I think she could stick with the tour. Like oh, yeah, stick with the tour for a couple episodes. Yeah, I, I could see it too. I certainly wouldn't. Cause there, I saw some like promo thing with like her next to Mike, and I don't think that scene has appeared yet in the last episode. Just like in like a green room or something. Yeah, sure. So she might be like another episode or two, maybe. But who knows? Could be. Could be. We got. You know, we knew we got ten again. So it looks like the yes. tour might end a couple episodes. Oh, the tour will just end. The, one, I th- the whole season's not a tour. I think there's a chance of that. Just looking at the synopsis okay. here. Um, Five, Dave gets a lesson in Southern hospitality, courtesy of his number one fan. Six, Dave makes a decision about tour, but it blows up in his face. And then seven is Dave's got a new lease on life, a new house, and a new house guest. But his friends have other plans. That kind of suggests no longer on tour, right? Yeah, it seems like he might ruin his tour. Could be, because of, yeah. So, see, we'll see. So, if if it settles back down in LA again, then obviously she could be in every episode, basically. That's true, yeah. So, yeah. But overall, you enjoying the season so far? I'd say that I am, yeah. It's delivering on the things I've come to expect from it. I think it's genuinely funny. I like the music parts, and I think there's some genuine thinky parts, you know? Some real scratchers of, like, man, the human experience, you know? Yeah, it's really do live in a society. Damn it if we don't live in a society. Damn if we don't. Guess my best best efforts, Jack. I still be living (laughs) in a society. We take part in it all the same. Yeah. Yes, we criticize. I'm curious, you criticize, yes, you, yet you participate in society. Mm, interesting. Do we say that too much, you think, Jack? What's our, what's our episode count on uh, <laughs> saying we live in a society? I think only the one now. What do you mean? This episode, I think, is the one. The one what? The one I was, I think we've only said it once this episode. I've said it way more than that. Oh, then I've, I must be, I'm starting to block them out <laughs> mentally. No, I definitely mentioned it earlier, I feel like. Did we not talk I about, we talk about Afghanistan? <laughs> Oh, we definitely did. We must have. Or we talked about a crumbling society. Like that, about- yeah. Well, I think that's how it came up. Yeah. An empire in decline. Yeah. Yes, that's what you said. Well, you can't win them all. No, you can't. Anything else to say about Dave? No, I think right, but that here- about does it for me. All right, perfect. We're going to take right into the end here. As always, thanks so much for listening. You can always find us on any Spotify, Spotify, any listening platforms where you find your podcasts. You always can find us on Twitter for as long as that's still a company at Akatech Jazz. That's J A Z. On Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Our logo was done by Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our, did I say intro or logo? Whatever. Our intro was done by Celery Salt. You can always find him 
uh, at the same name, Celery Salt, on uh, Spotify or SoundCloud with his albums and singles and musical things. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.